0: Lat-B, where MMA and UFC get silly. This is the Lat-B Podcast. Welcome back. Welcome back to Lat-B MMA Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Emmanuel, coming in with the best co-hostess. We have Chaney filling in the backseat, getting it done. Oh, what a week we had ahead of us. Unbelievable news breaking. Unamounts of news dropping. First and foremost, I guess the first thing we got to say, uh, condolences to Habib Norma Nurmagomedov and the legacy that he now has to carry on from his father. He sub- was finally subdued by COVID-19 or was it upper respiratory? I was kind of getting mixed signals there.
1: Um, I thought he had like a heart, <laughs> like an actual heart transplant not a heart transplant but some valve or something done on his heart I don't remember but he went into a coma and then while he was in his coma he contracted COVID-19 this is my face with it I feel bad that Khabib lost his dad absolutely um it is a lot of weight to carry um but i for his country from what I gather that his father stood for. But I feel like Khabib, I mean, most people would say that he's a really honorable dude. He's like really, he's a son to be proud of and a good person to carry on the legacy of his family name. Like who says bad stuff about Khabib?
0: Correct. Except uh, me. Some feminists. Some feminists.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> so he's definitely, yeah, uh, yeah, hopefully. Everything gets squared away. He gets a hero's funeral, which Don't I'm. Don't call sure me a feminist is.
1: again. <laughs> oh, I apologize. I'm I'm
0: sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, either way, um,
1: all right, COVID P.
0: keeps rearing its ugly head, affecting the card that we're going to have this weekend. Two fifty-one, the pay-per-view has already been ha- has already had the main event fall out due to COVID. Corners have already popped for COVID. People are already replacing people for COVID, so it's really starting to touch our sport now. I feel like more the more so than ever. But
1: Jacques Array, wasn't he the OG when they first tried to put this on?
0: <laughs> He's the first one. He's I mean, as far as I know, he should be cured by now. He should have the antibodies at this point. Gilbert Burns being the second half to that main event against Kamara Usman popping. This Friday is my face Friday. with that.
1: I, I didn't ever think that was going to go down.
0: Interesting. Why not?
1: The thing it doesn't make sense, I thought um, I listened to the MMA Marks Live last night on Twitch. And I was like, buddy, don't go dropping my conspiracy theory on your show before I drop it. But he didn't have the angle I have on it. His whole thing was Masvidal and Usman was going to go down regardless. It was all just to build hype and for Masvidal all to get paid my whole thing was uh, Ali Abdelaziz Gilbert Burns and Kamaru Usman are both his fighters and it really puts him in an awkward spot with negotiating and he also knows for any pay-per-view buys or whatever that shtick is those two aren't going to bring any pay-per-view value to it they're not going to bring any eyes to you, your guy so you get more if you wait it out for Jorge Like, Jorge is the guy you want your dudes to fight. And then Gilbert Burns, I'm hearing talks about him potentially fighting Nate Diaz, which then if you're uh, Ali Abdelaziz, that's a win-win for you, for your dudes to go up against guys that bring eyes to the sport. So I think it's more about, I don't believe Gilbert Burns really had the COVID.
0: Well, he's going through it. Apparently, he's had a bit of a headache. He's been quarantined in the upstairs bedroom and... He's been able to tweet up a storm because He's coming in hot all over Twitter as you're saying calling out the journeyman Nate then Diaz Diaz coming back and being like whatever I'll get some as you're saying Both of these fights are better fights than Usman uh, Burns I feel like even though that was a gonna be a fun fight uh, It is a Completely different stylistic matchup with different opportunities that arise in this fight, but Wow 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 what a week we have still ahead of us because we still have fights that could not i mean there's weight issues that people are having uh the the first thing i'm seeing on embedded is everyone gets off the plane and says it's so hot it's so oh oh you're in an arena in a foreign country when have we seen this back in the early 2000s where interesting uh issues arise in the fight which is usually a a lot of extra sweatiness people just gassing the fact that For them, this fight card starts at 2 a.m. real time for them, so we can watch it live here in the United States at our regularly scheduled programming times. It's factors that are going to play into some of these fights falling out. I just don't see them all staying together, honestly.
1: Uh, I think it's going to be extra hot. Um, I think the temperature is going to matter. I think that temperature is going to break them down. Uh, I do think... Like you're saying, the sleep schedule is going to matter. Let's see. Everyone I've watched in interviews and everyone I'm looking at just over the main card, I feel pretty comfortable about the main card making it.
0: There's one or two. There's two main card people that I'm worried about, and we'll talk to it when we get there. Is it weight issues? As in potential weight issues, potential. people that have had weight issues. Yeah, absolutely. Somebody we do have to worry about. Do you think travel travel
1: time?
0: Yes. Absolutely travel time. And that's one thing that is going to be a big playing factor. If we like to talk about back narratives and whatnot. Some of these fighters flew out Monday from America. That means they're getting there in six days. You're not going to acclimate, let alone change your entire sleep schedule. Jet lag, even though Dominic Cruz doesn't believe in it, is a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> it is a real thing. Oh, yeah, it's a real thing. So some of these uh, teams that have done this before will just stay up. Some will try to keep their regular schedule and just uh, work through it. But these are external factors that affect performances. As we're saying, some coaches, Mikey Brown, Big Mike Brown from American Top Team, number one corner to the secondary side of the fight, couldn't get on the plane because he popped for COVID. so that's a tactician that's tactical moves whether you really need mikey brown there or just kind of his game plan i don't know but just kind of giving him more attention to these external factors that are going to place in certain spots where there's people that you know are more of those uh they have to have either the crowd there. uh they have to be winning in order to keep going. Once there's a little adversity, once things go wrong, once they get hot and sweaty, fight. So it's gonna definitely play out interesting. Lee, uh,
1: speaking of the corners, since last week, um, with my was that last week? I mix them all up because we do the fights of the oh, roundtable. Two table. weeks no, ago, two weeks ago. But with the Mike Perry corner, I've seen a lot more fighters come out. Like Mike Perry changed the game just then.
0: Like <laughs> we all. Oh, There was multiple other guys that did it. She just got all the attention because she has zero experience in martial arts. And maybe who's
1: been at a higher level than Mike Perry that's done it?
0: Alvy, when he was a contender. uh, Who else was in there? Not Rosa. There was another female fighter in there. I want to say Alex Perez might have had even his wife in there as a corner, but she's a I just, I don't
1: even care about the wife or whoever's in the corner. I just mean for financial reasons. I just mean for pure financial reasons of why would you pay all these people to be there travel? You have to pay expenses. The UFC doesn't pay all that hotel rooms and all that. For me personally, I am a person that would thrive off of if I were in the heat of the second round. I might, I like coaches, a good coach that I would feel comfortable. I would like somebody to be like, grab the wrist, grab the wrist, grab the, you know, like, you, cause I was doing something wrong and about to get caught up. Uh, sometimes I, I think where adrenaline takes over, I would need that. But it seems like Mike Perry is a guy that lives on adrenaline all the time. <laughs> He's very comfortable in that place. Um,
2: Absolutely.
1: But it just makes me wonder about what other guys. I think Jeremy Stevens was the other guy that came out and doesn't think he'll get to have a corner from now on.
0: Oh, interesting. I did hear some guys. Gil Melendez also had his wife, the more I think about it. But, yeah, as far as financially, it makes absolute sense. Hey, Mike Perry had enough money to be able to buy that little Reese's Peanut Butter Cupcake. <laughs> <A> brand-new <laughs> car. <laughs> so, jeez, did you see her rolling around in her new Jeep or whatever over there in Orlando? No. That's big awesome. bow on it and everything.
1: That's sweet.
0: Yeah, so good for them. Good he, for if He put seems like hard. he loves
1: hard and leaves fast.
0: <laughs> I don't know. The platinum princess seemed like she oh, she seemed like a firecracker as well. If
1: you, I, I wonder what happened to the platinum princess.
0: <laughs> I bet you she wasn't her own friend in whatever those conversations were. Mike Perry seems like he's a very straightforward kind of guy. I don't know. Yeah, it seems quicker. Like,
1: uh last week. Uh anything you loved about last week's fight? It was one of the best fights ever. Oh, for Hooker Poirier. Hooker Poirier, but anything else it,
0: about the... Uh, the I mean I've been so entrenched in doing all of this that I can't even think of whatever what other ones were there was a bunch of finishes, a couple of fun ones in there. The Poirier Hooker match, fight of the year potential for sure. Mm, I don't know. I think it's in the running, but I don't think it's a clear number 1 by any means whatsoever. Hooker put in a good showing. The Paul Felder curse is real. Yeah. You fight Paul Felder, you're never the same person and uh they he, there's been a lot of footage of Daniel Hooker not being able to give an interview afterwards and going straight to the hospital and kind of people seeing the damage that's occurred on a young man still. Apparently he was in the
1: hospital And Poirier got wheeled in with a curtain between them, and uh, Dan or Poirier must have got a text from his wife, like you got the fight bonus, like you got the fight of the night bonus too. And so Poirier just said, Hey, uh, brother, you know, we got the fight of the night bonus too. And Hooker was like, it doesn't make it hurt any less. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I love those damn Kiwis. <laughs> They're not Kiwis. It's, he's from New Zealand, right? Or that's Kiwi. New right? Zealand.
0: He's a that's Kiwi. Kiwi.
1: Yeah. Correct. So, correct.
0: Um, the Aussies are the other ones I think and all sorts of fun stuff. So yeah, it was definitely, uh um, a Great card. It's just what we've been aching for now that we had a two-week little split But then we're gonna go heavy in the paint having a what is it a Friday Sunday night card or like a Thursday Saturday night card coming up Here in the next three showings. Um, I was after, actually looking
1: after. at a fight island card and it had three Fights or four fight nights on it and they all seemed like four days apart Yeah, it yeah. seemed
0: crazy yep. I was going to ask you about
1: it. Like, is this real? (laughs) Do we have all these fights coming up on top of each other?
0: I'm treating that as a new international fight week. But essentially that's what they would do is they would, when they would stack it all the previous years in Vegas, it would be three, like the contender series, a fight night, and then a pay-per-view. And it would be international fight week so that they could hold events all week long. But they're not going to do that this year. So they're just going to throw in an extra card and God bless (laughs) them. Uh, i need it i need it bad.
1: i can't wait to see what you're gonna do i feel like um this main event is two fighters it's like your hardcore guy that you've been a ride or guy from for over over a decade you know before one of your ogs usman. way before usman and then usman the dude that clearly you said was going to wear the belt when he was in the tough house like yep. you were like this guy, watch him on his way up. So it's crazy that they're fighting each other. And I don't want you to say anything now because I don't know what you're going to pick. Um, and I want to save all the shit. I'm going to talk about the fight pick championship because I'm 15 bo- points behind Alpha. And I'm in this spot of just, I have to pick an underdog. He picks. And he didn't do it on purpose, but he picked the favorites. And I like all his picks where I could easily be like, those are my picks. That's exactly what I agree with. I can't pick those. I can't pick those. I need 15 points and then some.
0: Need to call an audible. This is intense. It is down to the wire. The final week for Fight Pick Championships. It just snuck up on us. Big E over here coming in heavy in third. Gonna try to hold on to that number three spot, but we need Cheney coming in first. I can't wait to take those booty shots. If you belt. send me the woo,
1: I will. For real, I won't even hold the belt first. I'll let it stay at your
0: place first.
1: You'll just have to put a washcloth when you take the Amanda Nunes photos with it between
0: you and my belt. I'm essentially the dina Asner off in the situation. <laughs> pregnant so so, what a way to start off this 13 card bout with all the replacements all of the updates all of the unbelievable news the lines going all over the place as far as betting interesting betting lines especially with some debuters that we're going to have in here we always start from the bottom to the top and it's not going to be any different here we have Martin Day coming in against Davy Grant at 135 pounds. The 9-4 and four. David Grant's coming off of a win to Gregory Popov in a split decision seven months ago. Prior to that, losing to Bermudez and Stasiak. Being on the tough house, having a win over Marlon Vera, which looks a lot better the longer you look at that, uh, but also losing to Chris oh. Holdworth baby grant tends to like to get it to them has good grappling his hands have gotten a whole lot better um than his initial uh run in the tough house he really worked on it in that pop off fight i feel like a lot of people saw uh his gas tank get a whole lot better him able to throw a counter shot ground. Ground. i mean that's where he wants to get these fights that's where he always does his best work is just kind of grinding people out the english fighter is going to have an uphill battle though coming in against martin day the nine and three fighter Has had a few fights in the UFC, only losing a split decision to Pee Wang Lu as a favorite there. He was rocked multiple times in that fight. Never got his feet back from under him, but all these trained with um, Max Holloway been a long time training camp. He's going to have him in his corner now, but he's one of these guys that all the way around just doesn't really jump out anywhere jack of all trades master of none not tons of power his chin is just iffy he just gets a little too rocked too often and he's serviced up on the ground but he is he, i think he does have uh a disadvantage there i think grant would be able to grind him out a whole lot easier out of those two and i'm gonna end up going with the oh i want to go with the underdog i'm gonna go with the underdog david grant we tell you guys to stay away from these first fights there's a reason for that. I think I've been having luck playing some of these earlier fights. I got a oh. I got Davy Grant decision. I want to say day. That's what I have. I think Frank can keep it striking. It's going to be a crazy night. I I,
1: it's such a crazy night. I have Grant decision too. And I actually am surprised for the first time. Um, I've tried to make some of my picks. Before we came on, but I'm opening up what Tapology has for the first time, and um, I almost wanted to change my pick because I'm like, oh shit! Only 34% of Tapology thinks Davy Grant's gonna win.
0: Yeah, sometimes you gotta be- get those guys on DraftKings. The plus 150. Well, here we go. The minus 185 favorite, 8,500 Martin Days coming in over Davy Grants plus 150, 7,700. Averaging 42 points for Davy Grant, he doesn't pay that off regardless for 7-7. Seven, seven. Even with the win, I think he's going to max out around 60, 70 points because I see a decision. He's got to get the submission in there, essentially, is the way I see him getting it. And I see this again going to a decision. I'm going to probably be pretty light if have zero exposure. Probably Big Fat Stay Away on these first fight of the nights. I could see... One play on day just because out of both, uh, they both have finish potential in here. I'm going to stay away. I'm going to stay away. There's so many other spots. We got 13 bouts, 12 more to go. lap rules gonna-
1: are so important to me tonight more than ever. Tonight more than ever. So, Ugh.
0: so then we're. <laughs> oh, I hate right? it.
1: I hate it. Even the main event, I've gone back and forth on so many times. Every single one of the fights, every single one of the top three, I've gone back and forth on. And absolutely. y'all hating on Paige Van Zandt.
0: <laughs> I've been hating from the get-go. I was telling you guys months ago to keep putting money on that. I did. It's going to get crazy. and It absolutely has. But one, before we get there, is going to be at 135 pounds where we have Vanessa Mello coming in against Carol Rosa. Carol in here is coming in off a three-fight winning streak. Winning in her debut against Laura debuting Procpio in a split decision where both of those ladies, the strike numbers was like 171 strikes, uh, significant strikes landed for Rosa compared to like the 160 for Procbio. So they just like to stand and bang. Saw some grappling footage of Rosa. It was the only time I saw her on the ground, and it wasn't good. She does have a stepping outside takedown, but it was still just, I mean, horrible, horrible double leg takedown. And against Vanessa Mello in here, she doesn't really have to worry about being taken down all that much. Mello, I feel like, likes to keep it striking as well. She debuted in the UFC against Irene Aldana, where she lost a decision, then lost a unanimous decision to Cortez seven months ago. Mello is just... Definitely Regional scene, maybe champ level all the way around. She has a good uh, Jab to a right They're straight down the middle. They don't hit with power, but she has a lot of volume as well I actually think that uh, Rosa's getting a little too overhyped here for the level of competition It was a debut fighter off the regional scene and stuff. Just the tape. I saw the stuff. I saw Neither of these ladies are athletes. They're both semi tech technicians um but the more power i see mellow having flat out on the ground rosa may have a bit more of an advantage there that's where she has a little more uh ways to fight where i think mellow just kind of dies by decision wins by decision and that's just kind of her mo i'm gonna go with rosa but i don't like the line i think it's way too steep and as far as draftings ah this is a big fat stay away i don't care what the prices are it's not i don't see the finish coming that early i got a decision. For Rosa, I think they just kind of go back and forth and throw a lot.
1: I kind of agree. Not only do I agree with everything you say, I have Rosa's decision right now. But if you look at Melo's competition and look at even Irene Aldana and, like, really the name she's built for herself. She is a slayer. She makes for exciting fights. You'd even call her a finisher. She didn't finish Melo. Melo's durable. Melo will stay in there with some people. Tracy Cortez, definitely not an Irene Aldana but um, it's still better than I feel like any of Rosa's competition. So to go with decision with that, I think this is going to be an ugly decision. And I think Mello could eke it out. I think it's going to be a close-tight decision, maybe even a dirty split. I think Melo is way underrated here, and this should be a pick-em line.
0: Uh, yeah,
1: I'm going with Rosa, too.
0: Because... I'm going with Rosa, as well. But it, I totally agree. I'm just I'm just agreeing with you, and I can't get it out here because the DraftKings line is so skewed minus two thirty-five favorite. Rosa is nine thousand here against Melo's seven thousand even. The plus one eighty underdog there. The average points for Rosa's is one twenty-five. So I actually feel like wow. this is going to be one of these sneakier plays where. A lot of people, well, that was because it's been one fight. So it was the only score she had. But I feel like here, um, a lot of people that don't listen to the show, that don't understand and just see DraftKings lines, they're going to say, average 125, give me this lady. She'll do that again. Eh, different you level know of what, competition. Though? The word
1: I used for Mello was durable. If she laid 125 punches, Mello will take that many punches. She'll stand in there in the pocket for three rounds and take that many punches. Um. It's just what she's going to do back to Rosa. Will it be enough to finish Rosa? I don't think so. So what's Mello's average
0: points? 27.
1: Because <laughs> even oh, with a the no. win there, even with a win, yeah. you're like, what? what's that? 47 points?
0: It would, yeah. 57
1: points F- of the win?
0: 57 points, but yeah, exactly. So, so it's not like even 67. a dog or oh.
1: pass play. So you see Rosa pass running pass. away with getting all of the rounds.
0: Right, 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 right. And I think uh, I don't necessarily see that. I just see it being dirty, dirty split, as you're saying. I'm more on that side. I think the line is definitely off there. And that's all we need to talk about that disgusting bout. (laughs) Then we move on to.
1: I'm going to shout out to uh, Neil the security. Um, He's watching on YouTube right now. So what up, Neil?
0: Neil. Hey, Neil, thanks. Oh, okay. hey, your line's cutting out on me pretty bad. I don't know if it's happening. So. Oh, is it? <laughs> uh,
1: your line's cutting out on me, too.
0: Yeah, all of a sudden, you're freezing every once in a while. You I do. Guess. So, getting back to the debuting fighter, hopefully it just works out. We have mm-hmm. debuting Zaglas Zaglov coming in against Rolian, Pava, Rulian Pava, Julian Pava in here the 19 and 3 fighter is coming off of a big win against mark de la rosa with a tko four months ago prior to that losing to bittorin via cut stoppage in an amazing one-rounder beating kaikara france and losing that split decision uh but also having some wins there in the contender series Pava's come in with the that tragic story of his girlfriend but avenging her essentially and just coming back and showing tons of power if not a black belt by this point uh, the Brazilian young man has definitely just shown that his uh, gas tank is up to par he showed that in that France fight and takedown the defense is getting better and better non It together at 24 years old and maybe not even just starting to put it together he's just this is where he's at and he's only going to keep growing from here and if that keeps happening these uh, discrepancies in will what is that betting is going to keep going because pava just looks like he has all the right stuff in all the right places right now. Against the debuter, Zako Zugalov here, the 13-3 and 3 fighter, has some actual competition level that's UFC caliber. Last beating Ali Bagatinov in a split decision prior to that, getting one over Tyson Nam in a decision where he hurt Nam a few times uh, and made that close some of the decisions he's lost in there, also very competitive. He's a Kazakhstan grappler fighter. He has a solid double leg takedown. He has good timing on a single leg. Uh, Zagulov, throw a left hand, duck and throw an overhand right. I'd say that overhand right is his moneymaker. It's what you got to watch out for, for Zagulov in here. He just will Uh a throw it from his hip, but he throws it just incredibly fast, almost John Dodson like in there. He just can't sustain it for that long, even though his gas tank has pro- proven to be fairly durable and be able to throw a uh, good four and five punch combinations later into the rounds. That's how he got Bagatinov in there, who was a fi- finalist or a fighter fight champion uh, contender in there. Bagatinov had all sorts of credentials until he pops but. I think the 31-year-old is gonna come in here and make a good name for himself, uh, but I think this is just a little too much, a little too soon. I believe Pava's opponent fell out and Zagulov was like, I'm over here, I'm credentialed, I'll take the fight. So I think Pava's actually gonna stop a couple of these takedowns, and after that, he's just gonna keep growing with his striking lead, and I think it's gonna end up being a TKO finish round number two, Julian. Pava could even move it into three because I like the durability of Zagulov. He's definitely not someone to take lightly. Who do you think you got?
1: Uh, I have Peva by decision, but I really just think he's going to kind of handle Zuma everywhere. I just think Zuma looks like he has a durable face that can take a lot of punches. Um, And he looks like he has that body style that uh, he looks sturdy. So I'm going to go with Peva. I like his UFC experience. I'm going to stick with what I know here. Uh I think he's gonna go in and handle it everywhere that he should. What are there? Costs on Draft Kings.
0: Pava is gonna end up costing you as a minus one eighty-five favorite, eight thousand seven hundred against Zagulovs, seven thousand five hundred as a plus one thirty underdog here. What one plus one fifty underdog. So I don't I got the finish for Pava, so I see there being potential there and out of yeah. both fighters. I mean, Zagulov can land that right hand. He throws it with that amount of power, so Pavel just can't eat shots. Um, but in in those close exchanges, I think Pavel can land as much damage, and has proven it on other fighters where Zagulov hasn't as much. So I'm gonna take a couple shots. It's gonna probably be. I'll probably have twenty to thirty cards over the weekend, and I'd say I'd put Pavel in that. Hey, <laughs> big spend that twenty thirty percent percent in there. Uh it's gonna be in there, but on the he's gonna be one of those guys that I feel I can really go over his price tag at eight thousand seven hundred, but definitely Steve.
1: One of the nights that I was doing well, which I don't remember the last time I did well, so it must have been right when this came out. I must have won a contest or something. So I entered the $25 card for the UFC two, five, one. Wow. It was forever ago. And I totally forgot about it until they were like, just so you know, so-and-so fell out. No Gilbert Burns. I was just like, Oh shit. I didn't know I even had this. So I'm probably going to play like 10 cards. Um, I have that big card. I'm going to play that card. Like my fight pick championship card. So it's kind of all in one basket, or I should play that card like my real picks, because I feel like I'm gonna have to get slightly wacky with my fight pick championships.
0: For those million dollars, it's not always the ch- like it's the it's the random one. It's so it's you one. It's
1: just yeah. one random one, and because of the fifteen points, it really sets me up in an odd.
0: It's place. just one random one that everyone else doesn't have. It, it's very doable. We get those kind of numbers here at Labby for sure. I've definitely we've been up in there in those 750, 800 card type of nights before.
1: Yeah. So, um, Peva, he will not be on. He he will not be on my money card. I might play him once, twice, but he won't be on my money card. Neither will. Let me look at his name one more time. Zuma
0: So then we move on. Two heavyweight where we have Marcin Tabura coming in against short notice replacement Maxim Greshin. Gresham coming in with a what is it here 37 and 2 record he's fought out of the PFL he's fought people like Jordan Johnson winning a ma- draw majority draw beating Mokhtarion I didn't even know they ma- made Moktarians that big uh, beating Jordan Johnson again shiloh rama as well having multiple wins in the pfl in here he's definitely uh the closest level to ufc that he's been at and looked well has a good gas tank he's a 205er though who's moving up because this is a short notice replacement for tybura's replacement who was initially alexander ramov who ended up having an either shoulder or knee issue that made him fall out about 12 to 13 days ago so interestingly enough i was gonna play against tybura but that's because i'm on the tybura fade train i've been on the tybura fade train for a while and it's done well for me the 18 and 6 fighter is a solid polish striker he'll throw up a head kick better than most heavyweights uh he's light on that front leg will throw up a good teeth. kick his hands aren't bad but his defense is just not there um he just allows himself to get hit and relies on that chin a little bit more. So that's where any type of a heavy-handed fighter, I like to bet against him because you know he's going to allow those shots to come through on him and just kind of rely on his own durability. Last winning against Sergi Spivak in a decision where nobody saw going go in a decision. It was a sloppy grind fest with big punches. Again, just no regard for defense. Prior to that, Augusta Sakai knocked him out. Uh, Shamil knocked him out. Freaking, he beat Struve in a decision and he lost to Derek Lewis in a TKO brutally there. I think Tabura is gonna. I think I'm on the Tybura fade train as much as I'm on the 205er moving up, isn't that bad to me. Uh he's gonna be essentially 230-240. Kane Velasquez, Steve Miochich are your 230-240. So he's gonna actually potentially be the heavier or the faster guy, I mean, here, where Tibura is is going to be 246, but has always been flabby. He's never looked like he would, where I think Gresham is going to really come in and uh, show his athleticism here and let his hands go. Give me the short notice debuting replacement in Gresham. I had had decision. I think I'm talking myself into a second round TKO. I don't know if the third round's plausible. If it gets into the third round, I think it's a decision all day just because type is going to be able to just, uh, be a punching bag enough to wear this guy out. But give me Gresham TK around number two. Who do you think you're going to end up picking in this one?
1: I'm going to stick with what I know. Uh, I don't know anything about Maxim on short notice. I do think he's going to be the faster guy, but I think he's going to be the smaller guy. And Marcin Tambora looked good in his last fight. He looked heavy in his last fight. He looked like a wet blanket in his last fight a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I thought his body even looked better too. Uh, so I think this is going to go all the way to decision. I don't think this is going to be the excitement. Martin, uh, Marcin Tabura, I he reminds me a little bit of uh, Ronda Marcos. Like, that's the same kind of if uh, <laughs> he, he's a fight stifler. Everybody, it's not because they're bad fighters, they just make good fighters look bad. They make something boring, they slow it up. Um, so I think Marcin's going to have a weird way of doing that. Grisham, no uh, stranger to going to decision in his body style. Doesn't look like off a problem, especially going up in weight without a cut at all. I just think the weight of Tabura, um, the notice, uh, this for Grisham, Grisham is just a good way for him to walk into the UFC. No, it, It's like a loss that doesn't even really matter because he doesn't fight at heavyweight. So um, give me Tabura, decision. I'm going to stick with what I know.
0: So, interestingly enough, this line opened at minus 105, minus 115 for uh, Tibura there. And now it's minus 105, minus 115 for Gresham. So the line has pretty much stayed a coin flip the whole way around. On DraftKings, they finally got Grishin's, uh salary up there as of this morning at 8,100 against Tibura's 7,000. 900. Average points 58 for Tybura. Do you think you're going to be playing any Tybura here? No. Neither am I, and actually, because I have that TKO, I think I'm going to be putting 10% on Gresham, but I can't go higher than 10% because, as you're saying, we don't really know what we're getting with this fighter. Short notice, he's going to try to make a name for himself, but there is a lot of intangibles, and he is one of these guys and uh, we haven't talked about it much that had to make this whole trip out there On no training camp, essentially, or a minimal staying in shape, and then all of a sudden is going to fight someone who did have a fight coming up. Tibora knew four weeks ago, five weeks ago, that he had a fight coming up. So just a factor there. Give me 10% Christian, and as far as draft teams is concerned, zero Tibora. Another dirty, close, close fight that was lined up for us. Then we move on to 155 pounds, where you have long time returning leonardo santos coming in against debuting roman Bagutov. Bagutov coming in i believe three to four weeks this was last was when this was um scheduled the russian fighter is a perfect 10 and 0 fighting out of the m1 series i believe was a champion out of there tends to go to his ground game tends to be more of a wrestler grappler he has a good single leg double leg is a little bit muscled he'll drive through on lower competition and uh his striking is really uh has a long way to come it has power but it's very looping very very looping and he really just kind of uses it to get in to get to those legs uh to get you on the ground and just kind of land top control if he can't get a submission on you arm triangle a lot of wrestling centric type of uh darces or uh Front headlock type of series stuff then he'll just stay on top and just kind of grind and pound you to a decision But that's kind of the game plan. I see for Roman. He doesn't really change outside of that. He's a grinder um, But he just doesn't have that second and third gear He just kind of stays at a high first and doesn't really uh, he's hurt a couple guys, but again very low low low-level guys against leonardo santos here guy who's been ultra sneaky has sneaky wins over many many fighters he's been just uh injury prone constantly gets hurt constantly has surgeries he's an ovuniao guy they're no just far a little bit tough in there but you know his number one training partner is jose aldo fighting for the belt so you know he's gonna be ready to fight at 40 years old santos beating Escadero a long time ago, beating Rocco Martin at 55, Kevin Lee knocking him out. Martins in a split decision, and a year ago, he knocked out as an underdog, Stevie Ray in the first round. Walk off straight right down the middle. I mean, Stevie Ray was out. There was no even covering up. Absolutely out. So Santos has shown that against multiple fighters, same in that Kevin Lee fight. Out of nowhere, Santos will swivel back, And just counter with a hard, uh, uh, sneaky hard counter. But the black belt. Am I wrong? Does he
1: have a tie clinch with nasty knees?
0: Santos? Yeah. I I don't think so. I don't think so. But uh, not to say he probably doesn't have a clinch in there. I just haven't seen much of it. He's definitely a much more slick outside striker than you would think. His credentials all came with with his black belt jujitsu level he was a black belt black belt but he's one of these guys that has proven that his hands are ultra deadly it's just that lack of consistency why people um tend to not bet on him and i'm one of those guys i'm just really tentative because you don't know at 40 years old at this weight class if he could be you know wake up on the wrong side of the bed and be a completely different guy this is ancient but he doesn't fight often so doesn't take a lot of damage especially in that stevie ray fight took zero damage essentially in there i think though santos can stuff all of the takedowns from bagotov uh bagov roman in there and i feel like uh santos even if he gets taken down is super nasty off of his back and is going to be better striking so I think that it's only a matter of time till Santos gets him out of there. I'm going to go TKO round number two. Leonardo Santos for the finish in this one. Who do you have in this fight?
1: Right now, I'm really... I was just changing my pick in the masvidal Usman fight. <laughs> I was just... By what you were saying, I'm like, oh... Maybe I'm going back the other way. Because I kind of see uh, Bogotov has better grappling. Uh, but Santos, I don't know why. I see on the, his timing um, is just going to be better, faster. And I see by the second round, uh is going to go in for a very uh, slow, uh, labored takedown that Leonardo Santos is going to see right up the middle. Nasty knee, catch him. Another nasty knockout by Leonardo Santos. I'm going to stick with what I know. Again, um, I wonder if that's going to become a theme for me through the night. Uh, yeah, I like everything Leonardo show me in there of reason. There'd be no nothing, no reason to go with a newcomer. Submission? Absolutely. Can you see the submission? Can you see the neck getting caught up easy?
0: Oh yeah, especially with the. Uh, Some of the doubles, if he shoots, if Roman shoots singles, he's not going to be as into it. But his doubles are just seemed very... Telegraphed. Telegraphed. It was the word I was trying to think of and why
1: I was talking. I'm like... Santos,
0: he's that level of black belt that will snatch it up in there. So I like the inside the distance prop for this one. Uh, If I was going to play a line, it'd probably be the inside the distance prop. Um, So I like Santos in that second round. I like what you're saying as well. On DraftKings, you're going to get the minus 185 favorite, 8,800 against Romans, 7,400 plus 150. I feel like we've seen this line a few times already throughout the night, and uh, the vets are coming in kind of heavy. Do you think you're going to play either of these guys on your DraftKings? Because for 8-8? I'm going to play Santos in some places. I'm going to put him on that. Because I can see him stitching
1: up the neck um, on a labor double eight takedown, or I can see him knocking him out the same way. So I can see him finishing either side on this guy. So I got to put him some places.
0: I agree. I think it's going to be in that 20% range as well. I want all finishers in there are high output. So definitely going to be an interesting bout. I am going to be, yeah, 20% for Santos. I'm not going to go with Roman anywhere in that spot. And then we have a sneaky, ultra sneaky fight coming up in Makwan American coming in against Danny Henry. Such at a good fight. Hours. This is such, such a sneaky, sneaky fight. You know I'm a big Hatchet fanboy when Danny Henry was cashing me out against Duwadu all that big money over two years ago. Since then though, Dan Ige got it done very quickly in a rear naked choke there a year ago, but Ige's really proven to be a whole lot better. The thing that sucks in both of those fights for Dan Henry in there is that the Duadu fight was a quick overhand, right? And the submission from Ige was in the first or second minute of the fight. So we haven't really seen much of Dan Henry. We've seen a lot of regional stuff. We've seen him be able to go a hard three, but he's a long time since removed from that point. And he's one of those guys that
1: just seems like a maniac in there. You want to love him because he's just crazy. Um... But, like you're saying, it's like hit and miss with if he shows up with uh, matching the amount of craziness that he shows off beforehand. (laughs) Well,
0: it's. He could put a game plan together. He did it against Duadu. He didn't against uh, Ige. But there's been. With Henry, there has been some submission issues just because he doesn't get as many looks as other guys. But against Mirkon here, he doesn't necessarily have to worry about the submission so much. Uh, American does have some of those front headlock chokes I was talking about with wrestlers, and that's because Khan is a longtime wrestler. Mr. Finland is one of those few model type of fighters who also uh, has an interesting story that Evil Twin didn't know this story, and I feel like we've talked about it. But I wish he could day.
1: jump in right now.
0: He <laughs> uh, eventually will, I'm sure. Yeah, I know. Uh, it would be
1: easy now. He can just pop on over. <laughs>
0: Definitely, he can pop on over to the Latvian
1: Discord.
0: (laughs) Good to know. Um, But here Amir Khan, uh, there was, I believe, it was some sort of D1 wrestler. I can't think of who specifically, but was saying that they went to the European circuit and were wrestling just to get different looks in their college days. And they went to somewhere where Amir Khan was, whatever school he was, and he was in the middle of getting expelled for popping on all sorts of steroids (laughs) in college. He hasn't popped in the UFC, but hey, you know, once you get used to that kind of stuff, you just figure out ways to get around all of it. And this is going to be in Yass with no USADA, yes! which is, what is talking about. <laughs> so I'm just saying no USADA, so could be a factor in here, but Amir Khan likes to get it done with his wrestling in there. I mean, he has serviceable hands, a little bit of power in there, but it's really his takedowns. He'll put a lot of takedowns on. You get a lot of top position. He threatens with uh, Darcy's, but it's that front headlock, those guillotines. What he have? The Anaconda choke against Fishgold in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but last, Shane Burgos via TKO, where we really saw the gas tank fail American, which I think is the number one thing I see in American. And why I it's somebody that, I don't like to put money on is that that third round is always his absolutely hardest round. He's a front runner. That's the word I couldn't think of earlier. So the heat, the unstable conditions, the, the weird training. Absolutely. The I think is these guys mm-hmm. that we've seen in other fights that he's lost. When he when everything isn't going his way, he'll fold up shop. He won't uh keep trying to grab it out in there. Do you think if Danny not, Henry's
1: one of those guys that you think is a cardio king in the third round though?
0: I he's like he's one of those guys
1: that you actually think
0: totally. I think he's more of a grinder. I think if we, I my stylistically here, I think we have an athlete versus a grinder. And here at I, I like to go with a grinder. Weren't so. you just
1: saying though, that we didn't see enough of uh, Danny Henry in his I, fights. to even know in the only fight that we seen him go the, uh, the distance was against K-less.
0: I'm just ah. saying.
1: <laughs>
0: great points. Great, great points here. Uh, absolutely. And Tayless is by far a lot worse everywhere than AmeriCon. But here I feel like uh, I think AmeriCon wins the first two rounds. And I think at the end of the second, he's sucking a whole lot more air. And I think Dan Henry comes in heavy in the third, gets a third round TKO. Give me an underdog. You wanted him. You got him. Whoa. Plus 160. It's you a know, big one. I- I a have
1: Americani one. decision because I think he easily walks away with the first two rounds. Um, Dan Henry, like you're saying, he just hasn't shown me enough. I like, even though uh, American did get knocked out in his last fight, I thought he looked good in there. I thought he looked good at weigh-ins. Um, where I was, I went with Shane Burgos, so I it wasn't like I was surprised. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was a step up. I like Danny Henry. He's just no Shane Burgos. I think his the, his style is uh, 101. I do think he's a grinder. He's like grinder 101 style. And I think he's going to get caught with one of those kooky American knees, spinning elbows, something wacky, enough mm-hmm. to hurt him. And he's I have Americani decision, but I could see Danny Henry also getting that neck caught up. Um, but if you're going to go with an underdog, Danny Henry's that kind of guy. Like, he's that kind of dude that That. doesn't wilt under the pressure of being a huge underdog. Um, He comes in there like a fucking madman. He has that, like, Jeremy Stevens, like, Six
0: foot foot against the 5'10", Americon. Not too many guys taller than Americon in this weight class. So, Danny Henry is taller. I mean, doesn't necessarily work out for James Vick, but uh, it is just, I don't know. Kama Worthy was a scary play that ended up working out kind yeah, of
1: Yeah, it did. And I, I do like Danny Henry. I feel like I just shit on him a little bit. He is one of my favorite fighters, and I've kind of been an anti americani guy um, and pro-Danny Henry. It's weird to pick Americani right now, but I just want to stick with what I know a little bit.
0: <laughs> well, like a lot of other people, you're going in heavy with Americani at 8,600 on DraftKings against Danny Henry, 7,600 Averaging points for Americon seven, 76 points. Henry is seventy three points. So interesting. Interesting. I interesting. kinda like
1: the dogger pass here. Even though I, I, I like your underdog play a little more. I feel like you're more secure in it than I feel about Americani. So I like the under dogger pass. I don't feel comfortable putting American anywhere.
0: At eight six, I mean Americani has to pretty much get a finish in there. He's just proven to me that if he goes a hard 3, his third round is just it
1: used to be called our uh, Charles Oliveira quit, but we have both said no, he's earned it. He fixed well, it. He, he fixed it. He, he, fixed fixed it. It. he, he, he his right. head's on right in there. Um, but you are so right about uh, Americani in that third round. He has a little bit of that quit in him. He has a little bit of that quit. And uh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I want to rename that Maybe it should be just called, do quit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it does have that. And that makes me nervous when you're going against a guy who's a madman as one of
0: the- uh, Who just keep moving on yeah. you. So definitely I'm gonna be playing that 20% Dan Henry. I'm gonna go 30% Dan Henry because I'm gonna need some of these cheaper guys. Uh, and I'm going to have probably 10% of Miracon in case he gets... I mean, he is flashy. He does throw some unorthodox things, and anyone can get caught with a spinning elbow. Um, but I think there's there's volatility in this matchup. I think it's sneaky, as we were saying, fight of the night contender in here that people aren't talking about as much amongst Killers Row coming up. I mean... I don't know.
1: Fight- it's not my fight of the night contenders,
0: but... Oh, this I get next it. Is, the, next the next one is... The next one out 170 pounds it got fireworks written all over it with is that, I can't believe how good know? this card is every time I will say the last fight the
1: American Danny Henry fight to me American Danny Henry I thought that could have been a premiere of the prelim fight and then we scroll yep. up to the next one Zaleski uh, Salikov I'm like that could be a premiere of the prelim fight but it's not I just think this fight is so good sorry go on
0: this is such a good card at 170. Zaleski in here coming in with a 22 and 6 record. Last coming off of a win big win over Alexei Kunichkeo in a decision prior to that, losing to Yi Liang beating Melender in a submission, beating Strickland in a TKO. In here, also beating good, having just some heavy duty competition in there. Zaleski showing that he has a good gas tank, showing that he's versatile on the ground. He's definitely a high-level black belt, and has proven that in the UFC before. Muslim Salikov, though, the 16-2 fighter, King of Kung Fu, is a sandow specialist who, when he debuted, didn't look so good, losing to uh, a jiu-jitsu guy in Garcia, just proving that his ground game wasn't necessarily up to par, saying that the UFC lights kinda got to him a bit since then, turning it around, beating Rainey, Nordin Taleb, and Stripoli in a decision, None of those guys being real grapplers, Zaleski has a clear advantage on the ground. He has to get it there, but Muslim has shown a much better takedown defense-minded game plan in those last three fights, uh, and is really just shown a lot more com a lot uh, looked a lot more comfortable than his debut against Garcia in there. Striking wise, Zaleski has just as much power to be able to knock him out. The King of Kung Fu throws all sorts of spinning shit, but has crazy timing. Zaleski will just kind of eat some shots in there to get in and land a three-punch combo. This is such a back-and-forth. Can go three rounds heavy for both guys striking on the ground. Again, Zaleski's got the upper hand here. I just don't know if it necessarily gets to the ground. I think uh, Solokov can keep it striking, can keep it upright. He digs in well with those underhooks. And uh, Zaleski's Takedowns are good, but they're not that good. I think Muslim's going to be able to defend them and it stays in that kickboxing bout But in that same vein uh, Zaleski can also beat him striking Zaleski is no no joke. Melender is legit strikers in there. So I Keep going back and forth. I flopped multiple times on this fight. I Want to <laughs> go Salakov, Decision I could wake up fight week after weigh-ins and go Zaleski Decision, I think there's got a dirty split written all over it. But if there's a, uh, I can't even say if there's a finish. Szaliky so has more options for the finish, in my point of view, with the ground game. Uh, but I don't think Zola, I don't think Muslim le- allows it to get there. So gimme Szalikov decision right now. I could see myself going Szaliky tomorrow. oh This is this is so close. This is such a close fight.
1: I just feel like Salikov has a padded record. He beat Nordine Taleb at the very tail end of his career. His jaw couldn't be put together with more duct tape and soldered wire. Uh, Zaleski is no joke. He did get caught in his fight with Xi Liang, and it did send, uh, you know, a mini hype train again. On but that's just how uh, Xi Liang fights. It's chaos in a different way that is not Salikov if Salikov comes in with the same shit that he tried to with a bunch of no-name guys, he's gonna get his neck caught up by Zaleski. I think Zaleski's gonna have the crisper striking. I think anywhere that Salikov goes for the takedown, um, Zaleski has the submission, uh, at least to get out of it, uh, submission defense. And then, uh, striking-wise, Muslim does do some crazy things, and I actually didn't think his height train would last so long, uh, I, I thought Nordin Taleb would figure him out, uh, but Nordine Taleb doesn't have enough chin. I think Zaleski, though he's been knocked out, um, he does have more of a chin significantly than Nordine Taleb, I would put Zaleski against Taleb all day. So I have a Zaleski decision now, but after hearing you, I don't like a Zaleski decision. I think if it goes to the decision, it's Salikov's decision to be had. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I like the submission better. I think Zaleski can find that neck. Um, I'm going to do it in round three, though. I just think it's going to be a slowing down of the strength and speed of Salakov that Zaleski's going to catch him coming in and um, be able to cinch it
0: up. Yeah, you make great points. I think that this is just one that you kind of have got to have exposure 10 and 10% to each guy. They're right there at literally that coin flip, minus 110, minus 120, Salikov, you can switch those lines and you're not going to be wrong by any means whatsoever. Do you have whatsoever.
1: a finish
0: for Salikov anywhere? Uh, I mean, does he have the potential? Do any of these guys can they finish? Every yes, UFC or, fighter, but sure. on lap but, B. And, uh, <laughs> I, I, that's why I got to go 10 and 10% for either of these guys. I can't go zero and zero, which I've done on multiple other fights. But this, I think you got to have one of these guys. What are their potentials
1: on DraftKings?
0: On DraftKings, their averages here for Muslim Salikov at 8,200 as the minus 120 slight favorite is an average of 70 points, 8,200. For Zaleski Dos Santos, 8,000 even, average 73 points on DraftKings. I like your idea. I don't
1: think either guy hurt you by going with them. I feel like even if
0: either guy loses to
1: comfort, to get a 50 loss, um, I think you're all right. As far as it's so weird, I don't really see a finish for Salikov, but a quicker finish I see happening for Salikov over Zaleski. Isn't that weird? Like, if it's a flash finish, flash knockout, I see it happening I, for Salikov.
0: I that's I totally agree, and that's why it's so hard to pick. It's like, uh, but they both get are able to do that, um, so it's really, really, really interesting. Just
1: great fight. Fun, them, I yeah. that that's a premiere. That could be either um, co-main on a fight night premiere, the, or a premiere uh, prelim on a pay-per-view.
0: Absolutely, that is such a. It's good a pay-per-view fight. View fight. Yeah. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! That could easily have been on the pay-per-view, and everyone would have been a okay with it. So another a-okay ca- type of guy we have volkan kuzin i mean no time uzdemir coming in against debuting yuri Bratzgau. denisia yuri in here is 26 and 3 coming off of the resin scene having multiple wins over muhammad well he lost to lala and then avenged it in the retired fighter be winning via TKO then beating Fabiano Maldonado beating CB Dalloway having I think even a fight against the Gros Barros and beating him as well the 27 year old is on a retirement tour knocking out all of or beating all of the retired guys from the UFC but that's not anything to hang your hat on CB Dalloway hasn't had a chin for a long long time Maldonado's been a punching bag for years now Lala, I'm surprised they sanctioned him to fight. I mean, unfortunately for him He just shouldn't have been fighting and watching that fight. It wasn't anything good. Lala actually had spots in there where it was like This guy wouldn't make it in the UFC going just watching that and then the Maldonado again, that's Yuri moves forward. He has good four and five punch combinations Serviceable takedown take down the fence on the ground He's serviceable even though He's not really looking to take it there. Uh, he can stay in top position, land strikes, and he knows how to get out of submissions. Not the biggest threat via submissions, uh, but he's someone who just kind of stays in your face and just has a lot of volume, has a lot of output. But these are against resin, retiring fighters. Vulcan Ozdemir has been fighting at the top since he got in. He started fighting one, two fights, and shot right Misha. Cousin! Who- fought a few guys, knocked him out, then all of a sudden he's fighting Daniel Cormier, Anthony Smith, Dominic Reyes, which he won that fight, then last coming off of a two-fight winning streak to Alir Latifi in a TKO and Alexander Rakic in a fight of the year contender in 2019 where Rakic's shin was dominated, and I still don't see how Rakic ended up... um, losing that fight with the only two takedowns in the entire fight. I feel so, like
1: Ozdemir has gotten screwed a lot in decisions. Cause didn't, don't we even look back at that Reyes fight and we're like, he, he
0: lost, this is where he lost the Reyes, but he won the racket. So he got it back. So it's karmic karma, even where it's like, okay, UFC. Karma. Absolutely in there. But, um, just the level of fighter that, Ozdemir's fighting compared to Yuri is leaps and ba- there's like a whole top fifteen John before Jones. Yuri even gets exactly that- <laughs> DC DC Dominic Reyes yeah. so much better level. So Anthony I Smith, isn't that the other
1: time he got screwed?
0: Didn't no. Happen? Anthony submitted him. Oh, oh Smith yeah, yeah, him. yeah, yeah, But, You're right. but he would win in that fight. I mean, he gassed. Because he was beating the living daylights out of Anthony Smith so much that uh, he ended up gassing. But he's still gotten that tank much, much better. He is an American top team affiliate. Been down in Florida for a long time. I don't know where he's been at lately. But I know he'd spend a lot of time training with Johnson and all those guys back in the day. Andre, all of them have good things to say. Great counter striker. Great calf kick and low kicks for Ozdemir. The fact that he's only a minus 70 favorite right now is actually, I think, a ton of uh, respect that Yuri's getting here. Where if you put any other debuter in there without those kind of names, UFC names in there, he'd be a minus four, minus 500 right now, would Ozdemir, and rightfully so. So the line is off. And it's for our benefit, and I'm going to go heavy in the paint on Ozdemir. I see him winning TKO run number two or three easy, if not submission, because he hurts him and then snatches up a guillotine. But Ozdemir. Dare
1: I say that Amanda Hebus is getting some of the heat that Ozdemir should be having.
0: I get, I get, well, I could see that. But okay, because if people are sleeping on this, this is where I'm going to stock up. Like, this is where I'm going like, kind to of, oh,
1: I love that here. Even though he's a slight favorite, I, I I don't think Ozdemir, he has enough ring IQ at this point to also respect uh, Yuri's power. And he's going to line it up and take his time in the first round and not burn himself out just in case. We've seen him do that in the past. He's not going to let that happen. Second round, he's going to have everything lined up strong. He's going to get his leg kicked just right so he finds the opening, and he's going to knock his daylights out. I have Ozdemir easy set up KO round two, maybe even a walk away to KO round two. I, I kind of think the violence that Ozdemir is going to bring in this fight is kind of what he needs again to reestablish himself in the heavyweight division. Right. Even though uh, Yuri is not in an anybody, it's not because Volkan hasn't fought somebodies. It just, it's, it's like that violence for a little bit. That heavyweights, you know, we feed on with the heavyweights. <laughs>
0: Derek Lewis, who's a known finisher, couldn't knock out Omir Latifi. Ozdemir got it done, quick, fast, and in a hurry. In there, just, just I saying.
2: I like
1: oh, your pick of. M- is he is Ozdemir a little bit maybe like a linchpin type player?
0: Absolutely in this? a linchpin because he's only minus one seventy eight thousand four hundred on DraftKings against seven thousand eight hundred for Yuri in here. Linchpin. I mean, is there anything more than a better than a lynchpin? Yeah, especially
1: right there in that mid eights that's totally affordable. And we've also seen Ozdemir the type of guy to have his nose on the side of his face and finish a fight. So you're not worried about him not, you know, getting knocked out in round one or quitting. Yeah. So I love the idea. He's a guy that we can trust to put our money on for lynchpin status. Um, I love that. Uh, Yeah, I have a round two finish too. So.
0: Absolutely in there. So I'm going to make that bet TKO round number two via lab B standards here when we're both agreeing that heavily. And as well, I'm going to have to back off and be like, okay, I can't have him in all 30 of my lineup. <laughs> 20, 20, yeah, no. two yeah, He's going to be in a lot of my lineups for that amount of value. In a decision, I still see Yuri anywhere for, for you. Touchdowns. I won't have Yuri anywhere,
1: but for 30 cards, will you play him on one or
0: two? Nope. I'll play a lot of guys. I'll play a lot of guys, but I don't see the finish potential there. As we're saying, better fighters haven't been able to finish Ozdemir. So (laughs) I'm not, I'm not putting my eggs in that basket. So 0% on that Yuri card. And then do we get into the business or do we keep rolling? Yeah. And as always, you can find us on Twitter at LatB underscore MMA on Instagram at LatB underscore MMA to email us at lesboandthebeam at gmail.com for me Emmanuel you can always find me at tonight. for Chaney it is always at weak baby be sure to hit that like and subscribe thank you for listening welcome back to the main card also known as the pay-per-view, better the finals for the Fight Pit Championships. We got Lappi coming in hard in the top three spots. chaney has got the leader. She's just trailing the leader by oh so half a step, giving him a flat tire, about to come in with that belt. I'm tanning. I'm getting ready for this photo shoot, so we gotta, we got to do something. We got to figure it out.
1: Oh, I'm I actually have nerves about it. I haven't cared once the entire time. And uh I I think it's Conor McGregor that he's like gracious in victory and gracious in defeat. And I hate to say this, but I've already eaten crow in my head. You know how people usually they manifest their victory speech. I've already manifested how Alpha's been the better man all season. This is, I know. He's been he's gotten more picks right than me. I bet if you lined him up, the scoring of this allowed me to catch up. I've been in second place so much. So many times. I haven't really gotten in first. He has gotten in first so many times and carried the lead for so long. So really I'm setting myself up here like I'm Jessica. I going against Shevchenko right oh now.
0: Oh my <laughs> goodness! Don't you even? Don't you put me in that group? Don't you? No. This is where. How, this is how not. much
1: lack of responsibility I want for it. I want to just be like whatever picks you tell me to pick. <laughs> be- <laughs> I'll let you hold the belt for so long afterward. It'll be like we did it as a team.
0: <laughs> I think I've committed myself to having to take nudies with this belt.
1: <laughs> yes, I, I feel like the nudies of the belt are going to, what, ble- it's your stream header on Twitch. Is <laughs> you, like, <laughs>
0: You're going to have to hold up my ponytail. <laughs> no you can get,
1: <laughs> like, your mom's house, how they have tit cups. <laughs> you can get those <laughs> suction tit cups and suck on your yeah. tits into them. <laughs> <laughs> we just took it to a next level Anyway, yeah. so I've thought of that too And then I've thought of The the close enough Where it's just that kooky decision Like Y'all in PVZ the whole time The whole time thought this 115er was just going to stroll up To the 125 And take out my girl PVZ I I have to go with something like that And it's There's three I can go with And I know we're going to break down all these fights Aldo, Game Bread, or PBZ. Wow. I know, isn't it weird? It's not Max Holloway and it's not Jessica and but I almost want to pull up Alpha's picks while we talk about them throughout the night on Discord.
0: See, I'm so, cracking.
1: I'm cracking under the pressure. It's it, it getting
0: to you. It's getting to you soon enough. You don't have to worry about that. We'll have a Glorious belt in our praise. Hopefully, Ricky's washing his hands while he's touching that. I he's know where he's been. He's
1: touching it so much. Ugh,
0: he was I rubbing it, it <laughs> rubbing it. <laughs> yeah, it's like he's got a hand sanitizer. Without the sanitizer, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> so
1: stroking <laughs> it.
0: Definitely at 125 pounds. The pay per view is going to start off with a bang. We have. Paige Van Zek coming in against Amanda hebos This bout has been on the books for quite a while now. We've known about it. Here at Lab B, I told you guys when it was uh, minus 250, Amanda Hibos, and I said, hey, guys, throw the wall, throw everything at it. It's You're like, it's enough. not turning around. Yeah, I'm like, it's not going to go down. It's only going to go up way more. Did I see minus 900? No. But is it? Almost justifiable, yeah. From what we've seen lately, out of both fighters and just the communication we've got lately, I think Paige Van Zandt can put in a valiant effort. With eight and four being a longtime veteran of the UFC, coming off of a win to Rachel Ostovich, um, I mean, I just think Ostovich would be eaten alive by Rebus here. Paige Van Zant lo- losing the Rose Clark, losing the Watterson, uh, beating Beck Rawlings barely. But Hebos coming in on a nine and one record, last winning dominantly against Ronda Marcos. Prior to that, beating Mackenzie Dern from pillar to post. We saw that live. That was a fun one. Uh, Hebos really coming in as an underdog there and proving it, beating Emily Whitmire at her own game in submissions. The black belt Hebos comes in with outstanding striking and has really worked on it nonstop. The rumor mill had it ever since the. Uh, her debut in the UFC, she had gone to American top team and specifically been training with JJ and working on only her striking because she's like, I'm a black belt. And we've really seen it in her last fights against Marcos on the ground, more than capable everywhere. Striking wise, she was also putting a clinic and just showing an incredibly high pace amongst pinpoint striking, good setups and a little bit of power. In here, it's just kind of hard to see where Paige van Zant wins in this fight off, on the ground no way he boss has had monsters on the ground and easily walked through them striking wise Paige van Zant has a couple kicks that she Who might be able to sneak in there that she's had on uh, the ground turn on the ground she was able to keep it off the ground and even when they got there a few times she was able to just stuff it and keep it striking uh, where Van Zant just hasn't had to deal with that in any of her How fights. does
1: Dern earn the title of monster on the ground? Just
0: because she's a Brazilian world. Because champion. she
1: has that booty
0: Well <laughs> that Instagram plays a role, but for Paige Van Zant you would think so, and it hasn't. She's been busy doing naked gymnastics with her husband in the kitchen.
1: You know, her husband's no slack though. I agree and no... He should be I in the US this, like And maybe this is a romantic idea. I have this Uh idea that if I was like 18 to 24 years old, I meet a dude that's really on his way somewhere, even mid-level, but he has a lot of skills, that what I could learn from him in the comfort of our relationship might be more than what I could learn from a gym. Is that Absolutely. romantic? Is it crazy to think that? No. And don't you also think there's some level of like, even you uh, with your girl, there's a way that I'm sure that I would be surprised, even though I outweigh her by however easily, whatever the weight classes are in the UFC, I outweigh her by. So if I were to go, I think I would be Impressed with what she actually knew, with how she knew her body better than she thought, because of how much you guys probably play around.
0: Yeah, ne- I mean,
1: I'm a, she's not a fighter. I, I'm not I saying that, but I know I, I know that. you guys school around, like you guys horse around, like and wrestle sure. and you teach her things here and there. If she were an actual fighter with a fighter's mentality, right. You guys would take it to another level, and don't you think you as a training partner would feel more comfortable than a lot of times men feel with a female training mm-hmm. partner but, but if she was your girl you were like no nah, bitch take this <laughs> no I'm just kidding especially
0: twenty four seven that you could be training but she always has somebody there to be able to drill drill drill
1: and a legit dude that we yeah. respect him like we think Absolutely. he's a legit guy that he's headed someplace he has a good uh Alaskan background He's, uh, he's shown himself, though. He's proven himself in Bellator. I think he just won his fight, didn't
0: he? He won his fight pretty decisively in the Contender Series. Should have gotten the contract. And Dana White's like, we don't want him. Um, but he was going in as Mr. Van Zandt. And all that stuff. Bellator scooped him right up. He's winning fights and getting paid more money than he would be on the UFC scene. And honestly, uh, I feel like the UFC kind of knows that PVZ's on her it is her final fight on her contract, and they know she has name power, and they're just trying to vote, give it past that stepping stone, give somebody a stepping stone, and I think that's uh an easy play for Van Zant. I think Van Zant does go to Bellator after this, but good for her, because not only will her Instagram go up, her, all of her fights, pay is going to go up, and she's going to be able to fight again. Lesser competition for more money. Yes. Yes. Do that. I think
1: so, too. And I actually think that Paige, you know, she's got a lot of shit because she started a division when now looking back at that division that she started with the likes of, like, a Carla Esparza, a J.J., uh, she was even in the division before we ever even seen any hell or high water of Michelle Waterson or even knew who she was. Like Paige is one of these girls that laid it out with Rose and was she is of the caliber of Rose Namajunas. Mm-hmm. No, but she's been in there with all them girls. We've seen Paige finish a 15 minute fight with a broken arm. Uh, it, Absolutely. It, it makes me a little insulted when people put her on the level of Ostovich because I feel like Paige Van Zandt has earned her place. Is she ever going to be a belt wearer in the UFC? No, I don't think nope. Paige ever thinks that of herself. And I also don't think she is like a Rachel Osh, the bitch where she just lays back on her looks. and doesn't train. So when she's put in that level of being like that bullshit booty girl, um, and that's the only reason she's in the UFC, it kind of irritates me because I feel like PVZ has proven to us that she's a fucking warrior. She's a fucking fighter and she deserves those kind of like, is she a journeyman? Maybe, but she's a UFC journeyman. And, um, I think the caliber of fighters that she's fought against, it is Amanda Heves' toughest fight yet. Paige Van Zandt at 125, I don't know if you've seen her lately, but she is bodied up.
0: And go Mm ahead. Go Uh, ahead. I was just – so other factors for this, because this is going to be on the pay-per-view, there is other just kind of pickups, embedded takeaways. And one of the things that uh, amongst the entire fight card that we've been talking about is – how early they show up to the fight location to acclimate Paige van Zant was one of the earliest fighters from the states moving over there we know he boss is also from florida so she had to make that trip at some time i believe it was this last sunday or monday so she's only gonna have seven days where Paige van Zant has given herself solidly a good 16 days training in the heat already Maybe a little less than that, but I feel like she was one of the earlier people to get out there as far as the Americans. Um, just With another her man,
1: factor. her number one training partner through all of the COVID yep. where everybody else has been had, had their gym life shaken a little bit. Hers hasn't been at all. She's gotten to do her same naked routine every day. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like everybody is looking at Paige like she's this walkthrough right now because we do know her in the levels. Like if you put Paige versus JJ, it looks all day. But I also feel like Amanda Hebus um, you guys are shitting on Amanda Hebus's looks a little bit, too. Amanda Hebas has shit tons of skill, shit tons of level, and she's a cutie. She's super she's cutie. cute behind the camera. She's super well-spoken. She's intelligent. She's your super—she's going to be a belt holder one day at 115. This is a—Amanda Hebus does—she wins wins off this. I know. that's what. But Amanda Hebus is a 115-er. That's the issue I have here that right. everybody thinks this is a smooth walkthrough. Paige has been trained to be a 125 belt holder. The smaller your weight gets, the more that ten pound matters. Especially mm. in the women's division. Especially in the women's division. These girls aren't all fucking cut up like uh, you know, you're going from Mighty Mouse to up to yo uh what's the one thirty-five? Um, like uh um I don't know who's up there now. Aldo at a one thirty-five now. From uh, it's right, weird because he he's one forty-five for so long. But right. I, I just think that ten pounds matters all that much more. Paige Van Zant has had her man laying on her, and I do not mean this in a sexual way. I mean it in every way that a training partner should have. She has had a real dude like this. Girl's going to be laying on you like this. This girl's going to be going for submissions like this. This girl's going to be throwing punches at you like this. Like I. I think in a different way of love, and I think there's this hardcore Alaskan love. Like I know it seems crazy, but this 125, Amanda Heba's faster hands. I think um, Paige Van Zandt better wrestling. Like that's the one thing you got to give Paige here. She's heavier, she has better wrestling, and she has been she has the experience, the best person that Amanda Hebas has gone against in her whole career is Rhonda Marcos at 115. Like I got it, that is pretty much, that's like a 10 pound lesser Paige Van Zandt. So if at walking went in weight, what's Paige Van Zandt gonna be weighing, 142?
0: Mm, I don't think she's that big. Probably the 130,
1: 30, I just, even five like Mackenzie Dern, Paige Van Zandt eats Mackenzie Dern for breakfast.
0: Oh, I don't know about that. I think y'all I are think shitting so. on Paige
1: Van Zandt. It's like hard not so. to pick Amanda Keebus by an easy point fight decision. Hopefully mm-hmm. she, she keeps Paige Van Zandt off of her. The worst thing she could do is rest on her submission morals and let Paige Van Zandt take her down because Paige Van got nasty ground and pound. I just think everybody's shitting on Paige a little bit. I This is a way in specific fight for me. Um, I could see myself Mm -hmm. being the only person on the planet flipping the page. I think she's gonna have the better cardio in this fight. And um, I think she's been hungry to go back in even when Mm -hmm. doctors are like, nah, bitch, your arm's broken still. it
0: keeps breaking, it keeps re-breaking. She keeps having issues because she has screws and pins in her arm. And after this fight, she's gonna take the pins out because the joints around the pins keep breaking. She was specifically talking about is why she's had such a long layoff. But I agree with what you're saying. She's a fighter, and she's never quit in there. And we like to bet on those type of people because they're not just going to go in there and fold up. Paige Van Zandt's not a quitter. I absolutely love that. But with all that, I still think Reboss is going to get a TKO round number two. I don't think it's going to be wet. No. He's going to go down. I could see it maybe three, but the biggest favorite of the entire night by far the part. only way
1: Hebus finishes Paige Van VanZant is if Paige, because this is this is another respect to Paige. She has the ring IQ. She knows when she's losing a fucking fight, and she will give up a submission of her neck, or mm-hmm. her arm, or her whatever, and she'll tap quick. And girl, home girl will go home and fight another fight, and go to Bellator, and her and her man will be walk up into um, the Bellator Hall of Fame. <laughs> but Hebus is. I love Amanda Hebus. She's one to watch. She don't need to be in the 125 yet. This is just uh, playtime for her. This is playtime for her.
0: I think it's a stepping stone type of place. So on DraftKings, you're going to end up paying 9500 for the biggest favorite of the night against Van Zant. 6700 I got 0% Van Zandt. For nine five, it's pretty steep. I got a TKO round number two, so I'm going to be playing Hebus in that 20% range. Zero for Van Zant, but I do like uh, the potential. I think she pays it off regardless because I think she just accumulates a ton of shots. And even if she doesn't necessarily end up finishing Paige Van Zandt as you're more predicting, I feel like she can keep the strike output enough, which she's proven in fights uh to be able to still average that ninety points still I'm justify so depressed that, so
1: I even thought my like I'm gonna go with Hiva's decision right now because I'm giving Paige all the credit in the world and I could see myself switching to Paige and nobody has mm-hmm. Paige making the distance with this. <sighs> Alpha <laughs> Alpha has Hiva's decision. So yep. So oh, right now wow. I'm, so I'm not gonna get the points there. So
0: TKO round number two. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't see that happening.
0: Uh, I actually think it. Paige
1: being the stronger one by the end, if the submission comes later rounds, I give it to Page round three. If if a submission comes later rounds, right. I give the Hebus when they're dry and the quick submission. If the submission comes flash, I give it to Hebus. <laughs>
0: I am, I just don't, don't see any of it. I see Hebas keeping it where she wants to the whole time, but that's more than enough for that fight. We got to get into the belt kind of talks. We got to get into these not five-rounders. Wow, this was a five-rounder not long ago. We had Jessica Andrash coming in at 115 pounds against Rose Namajunas. Number two, this is a three-round fight. I kept convincing myself this was five because it should be for the belt, but Zhang's got it right now. Rose Namajunas has not fought since getting piledrived onto her head and being knocked out against Andraj a year a month ago. Since then, her family passed away. She had two family members pass away from COVID, and this fight was actually pushed back two more months. Jessica against or Rose Namajunas? Rose
1: Namajunas.
0: Rose Namajunas
1: cannot catch a break.
0: No. She I cannot. feel like
1: life... As far as UFC life goes, she has had one of the rougher existences. She hasn't had a kid taken so from she... her yet, but she hasn't had a kid yet. Like, homegirl's had an existence every time. I always she... feel so bad Absolutely for her.
0: Yeah, She's very cerebral. She's very into her faith. And maybe one of the narratives I pull away from Rose is when she's deep into her faith, just like with the first Yay Yay fight, JJ fight— When she's just saying the Lord's Prayer and just really into religion. Where she's taking this fight because she was going to step out again. But she read a verse that essentially said, like, you're alive. You better work while you can. And she's like, oh, shit. I'm going to go work. But she believes
1: she's kind of like one of these people, like, the opposite of an atheist. Where she takes all religion and kind of works from. She's not, like, just a Christian or a Catholic. She also, like, I've seen her with Buddhist beads. I've seen her with yep. like she kind of take all encompasses the good of all religions and kind of works from them in a rose type of place
0: in a martial artist type of way look at yeah. perfect example
1: pat with rose is that perfect example of this building a champion from a mid-level ufc dude a mid-level guy, but being able to do it because that's your girl, and investing all the time in that because you're like, I see her body, I know how it works, I know all this, I know what she's capable of, and I know what women's MMA is missing in this way. I'm going to teach my girl these skills. Sorry, I'm so no, I'm why? trying to convince myself in this page band saying things so bad because that's the <laughs> only pig I could see myself actually changing the game. <laughs>
0: There's a better spots than that. I promise you there's better spots than that. I almost um, wrote
1: I almost wrote her man on Instagram. I was like <laughs> Look, lay it I to got me. FPC on this. I know. this. I I almost want to just FaceTime and then just be a <laughs> 'cause they they go live on Instagram and they're like, do you wanna join? I wanna be like, sure. Look. Everything matters on this. (laughs) And if I go with PVZ, the PVZ pick to be the pick that gets me Uh, the belt, what better pick to be the pick for a girl to get the belt in the FPC than a PVZ pick?
0: It's not going to – it'll be other You're like, it's not. It's not. Go with the Aldo pick. That's what I felt (laughs) like the
1: um, MMA Marks dudes were kind of like convincing me of the Aldo pick. Like they both went with Aldo, I think.
0: So, in this fight with Rose and Androsh, we are going back. I feel like watching back the tape and watching what happened. Uh, you can't take what happened to Li Jiang 10 months ago in that quick 40-second knockout. Prior to that, it was only the slam. But she was getting pieced apart. We know what we're getting with Androsh, and that's going to be uh, forward pressure. She's going to eat a shot to give a shot. will go to the body hard. can go five she's only gonna have to go three but she really will like to pick up ladies and throw them down i would think that rose nama Yunus and trevor whitman and everybody else is like hey rose you get lifted in the air you let go like <laughs> that was day one after her last fight she's since like oh okay i'll let go and just keep tuning her up because go back and watch that andros fight it was t- 10 8 rounds up until that She was plan. schooling
1: it. It was
0: Unbelievable. she was
1: she was faster, crisper, better technique, um moving her head every time. Every, it's like she time. saw the telegraph punches of Andraj every time. There wasn't anywhere that Andraj handled it except for a panic lift takedown in the second round that slammed and knocked Rose out and is still one of the most brutal knockouts that I ever I'm seen. it. so. It's like all she took it all in her neck, which just seems like the worst place that you could take it. But even that second round, with that slam, if Rose would have gotten up and recovered, she would have still won that round. Rose was winning that fight everywhere, as far as I'm concerned.
0: Everywhere. And I actually had a decision when I was keep breaking it down because I'm like, okay, Rose isn't going to be in that position, and she's going to be more willing to step back when needed, but. If she can keep doing what she did in that first fight without the slam, I don't see how it's not a TKO in the second or third round. I'm going to go with the third round because I think Joseph Rose is going to accumulate too many shots in Andrade. We'll keep moving forward and eating shots because she doesn't make adjustments. She just uses brute force to try to. You said uh, it forty-five times.
1: She's John Lineker, and if you watch John Lineker, even if somebody's getting three to one of the shots he's getting to get inside with that forward pressure and movement, turtling up. But um, that's what Andraj does, and I almost feel like. To her detriment the more she gets hurt the more she moves forward it's like yep. an odd especially with the way rose fights i think rose just oh. gets comfortable with timing she gets quicker better sure. no with her head movement she starts changing stances she gets good with her kicks
0: well with what you're saying with her moving forward uh that tactic is just pressure it's really frightening when you hit somebody with one of your hardest shots you know it connects and they jump right into your face it can disravel people. It's a tactic. Uh, I mean, it's a painful tactic. You gotta have, you know. But you if you've be been tough. in
1: there with that person already before, and you already know that's the way she's exactly. gonna fight, you fought four other fighters who try to fight that way on you. Um, Rose is an assassin. Rose Absolutely. is an underrated assassin, even though she held a belt. People uh, turn their Still, people think Rose she's... lacks power, but her technique makes up for it.
0: Absolutely, she's just a little bit of you know has some mental issues that can sometimes hold her back in her fights. That it's so long ago. Though, when does she there.
1: become Charles Oliveira?
0: She always has been. Yeah, even she, it's so
1: long out. ago. Like that, she that her mental issues were an issue in any one of her fights. When does she? When are we gonna allow Rose? Clear like, her? Yeah, she. I think she's been cleared.
0: If, I. I Will you get a win streak going again? And it'll probably. I think you're
1: allowed to lose and still be like a person that kept mentally composed in. Sure. Like, I I don't know. I think Rose, I think having her man in her corner, she realized it's what she needed. And maybe they realized it in their partnership that when he gave up his fight game, like we're going to invest in you. Um, and they are another couple that are going to be just the two of them in their corner. Right. Right. And I kind of, I, in the romantic way, I, I think Rose is better everywhere than uh, Jessica and Draj, except for strength. I can't imagine that they haven't worked on that a thousand times with Pat just grabbing Rose while she was making a peanut butter and jelly and being like, bitch, don't grab, don't (laughs) grab. She's probably playing croquet in the yard and he's like, whoop.
0: (laughs) Absolutely, Um, so. I really, sometimes
1: I think I'm like, if we were 18 and I was a fighter, I'm like, you just fucking tackle me in the yard sometimes. you like, always be always. ready, bitch!
0: Always. Those <laughs> are always the funnest times. But you are on edge. A lot of the time, you're always looking over your shoulder. But here, someone who's going to have to look over his shoulder is Rose Namajunis at minus 210, the 9,000 on DraftKings favorite against Andraja's 7,200 plus 170. I don't like Andraja in this spot, even if she... I mean, she only has to get the knockout. She can lay a lot of volume, but I think that's going to be minus 30 points. If there's a play, it's only Lama Yunus, but I only think I'm going to be like 10%. I got a TKO round number three, so she's got to accumulate a lot of shots. But by that point on DraftKings, she only gets, I think, 55 points for the TKO, maybe 45 plus the 30 for winning compared to the 90 if it were in round one. So... It does affect the DraftKings score a bit, but the volume usually averages that out a bit, which I think Rose will have. I'm going to put her in that 10%, 20%, because she's a little expensive. He boss, I'm also minimally in there. And who
1: has. I, I was about to give Rose the credit of being like, she has the easiest, crispest hands in the 115 women's division. And then I thought in my head, I, I would second guess it with maybe. JJ, maybe
0: Amanda Hebus. What do you think? I don't know if Hebus is necessarily there, but JJ for sure. Rose, Li Zhang. Let me see that fight right now, because think of the forward. It's such a different stylistic, ducking and bobbing. But we have so many other fights to break down. We got so like the the wheelie
1: Zhang. I love her. She has more technique than Jessica Andrade and more strength than Rose Namajunas, but Rose still has. He, I I wouldn't even put Weely Zhang anywhere near in the boxing of even Amanda Hebus. I I think Amanda Hebus has better hands. Do you hear the? Fireworks. proud american celebration
0: <laughs> it it's wednesday people come on people gotta work tomorrow
1: i know i'm scared to talk shit about it because i'll look it up and they'll be like did you know that um today's filipino celebration of independence in america day and i'll be like oh shit i didn't know
0: I'll light them up boys light em light em up. Up. <laughs> just don't shoot
1: them at my fish pond
0: Absolutely.
1: Okay, so So. are you playing? You said you're going to play Rose. I'm going to play Rose too. I'm going to stay away from Indraj. She's sluggish. Um, I think she's. People are going to hate this, and her record doesn't really attest to it, but I think she's overrated. I think Rose is underrated. Everyone calls her Meek all the time, and I feel comfortable with uh, Thug
0: Rose. Give me Thug Rose. Do you have a decision?
1: I have Thug Rose KO round two, and I actually could move it up to round one. I think she was piecing her apart everywhere for the first round. They could have been stopped by the amount of unanswered punches. Um, It's just that Jessica Andrade's arms are so big, it didn't look like they were getting through. But uh, when you go into the second round, if that slam didn't happen, I don't see what Jessica Andrade would have done that Rose wouldn't have turtled her up eventually. She had no answer. And um, so if Jessica Andrash is gonna have her wife in her corner and Rose is gonna have her husband, I'm gonna go with Rose. Give me Rose and Pat. KO round two right now, I can move it up to round one.
0: I had round two moved it to round three, so I could go back to two as well. Maybe interesting, interesting bout. Fun Are one. you
1: talking to me in code right now for the fight? <laughs>
0: <laughs> take what you will, take what you will. At 135 pounds, you're gonna have to take a steep one because this one is the most controversial one in my eyes as well. We got Peter Yan coming in against Jose Aldo. This is a barn burner. This is a fight of the night contender in here. This is gonna be five rounds for the vacant 135-pound belt. Jose Aldo coming off of a two-fight losing streak and still getting the option. It is nuts. The neighbors are excited for this one. They can't be <laughs> contained. They're shooting off fireworks. They're so excited here.
1: Well, I did have them time it, but I'm just like, I thought they were supposed to hold it for 20 minutes. So it's supposed <laughs> to be a camera who's been i I'm just looking over here, and I just noticed that it's Gilbert Burns and not Vidal on our card. Anyways, go on.
0: So either way, going back to Jan Aldo, Aldo. 28 and 6 you know where he's been wc champ longest ufc rating champ at 145 It's had a dethroning a little bit, but it still had reputable uh, Matches in there beating moe TKO and I'm um, beating Jeremy Stevens body kicking the daylights out of him uh, Losing the Volkanovski in the decision and then that controversial split against Marlon Moraes, where Dana White said I don't care what the judges said all those next he won that fight where It was close. I could have given it to Marias and not felt bad about it at all, honestly. So everyone's saying nonstop. If we got Jose Aldo of old, even though he's only 33 and 10 pounds lighter, but if we got him of old, With the leg kicks, it would completely change his game plan. He just rarely goes to the uh, leg kicks and calf kicks as much as he used to. He's much more uh, boxing-oriented, where he allows fights to get away from him. But going back and watching that Mariah's fight, I mean, Aldo's still a top-five fighter. He still deserves to be contending at any belt at 45 or 35. He has that level of skill. Yes, has he been through the ringer a bit more than most? Absolutely. He's only had title defenses or top five guys his whole career um, but Peter yawn is an up-and-coming 27 year old that has ungodly amounts of pressure coming out of Tiger Muay Thai last beating Uriah Faber Jimmy Rivera John Dotson, Douglas DeAndrage son in there uh, Really getting it done in most of those fights pretty handily by just having t- constant pressure to moving constant angles, shooting takedowns when need be, and just having a great fight IQ. His striking defense is elite as well. Peter Jan doesn't get hit that much. It does happen, but it is rare, and Aldo's also one of those guys. That's why this is such an intriguing matchup. These guys are fairly identical other than the level of competition. Jose Aldo is fighting nothing but champion-level guys, and Peter Jan's fighting Jimmy Rivera's John Dodson's at the tail end. John Dodson knocked down. Peter Yan didn't do too much, but it was officially a knockdown. But here, as far as the average strikes landed per minute, we got 5.6 for Jan against Jose Aldo's 3.4. The strike accuracy is slightly more for Jan at 46 to the 44% for Aldo. And the defense is identical for each fighter, barely absorbing three strikes per minute. The takedowns is where Peter Yan really is mixes it up compared to both of these guys throwing in two takedowns per uh, 15 minutes compared to Aldo's half of one. Uh, but the takedown defense for Aldo's 91% at the highest level you could get compared to Peter Jan's 87%. So Jan is more takedownable, um, but he's going to have, I feel like, the better control on the ground, even though Aldo is a legitimate Nova and Yao black belt, I think it's going to be harder for Yan to get Aldo down. And in a straight up strike for strike, I think Aldo's the better counter striker, but Yan has the better forward movement. I think the body shots are going to add up for Aldo really well. And I think Yan is going to have a lot of different angles that he's never really seen before. Um, but i feel like the young man's a lot hungrier than aldo is at this point not that aldo isn't hungry and doesn't want the belt but he's had it for so long i just i don't know if i ever necessarily see that and i don't think he's going to quit in there but i think it's going to it's a lot closer than the line has it anywhere i think peter yan's going to be able to make the adjustments i I do think the line is off here. Minus 250 is way too much. This is much more of a coin flip. I'd be comfortable with uh, minus 220, minus 125, Peter Jan, plus 105, Aldo. And that's how much real respect is here. I think there's a lot of uh, fan favorites going with Jan. But knocking out Uriah Favor at this point of his career is not a lot, guys. Do not put that. He was off of the couch. Like three a week before that, literally off of the couch, got knocked out. So don't think that's too much. But the lines off here, you can't put tons of money on Jan If there's a play to make, it's a dirty split. Aldo's the guy to make the play. He's the guy who, by far, the odds are off on. By far, has the realistic option here of winning this fight. And I have, I could wake up and have Jose all day tomorrow. That's how closest is i like the vet i like aldo here if he got his late kick game i would pick aldo right now but he still just has not thrown any late kicks and i think that's what would be a determining factor for the type of pressure fighter that jan is the body left body punch uh could be a factor also for aldo here he throws it well and against jan it is an option john hasn't seen that before so give me on controversial split decision ultra close of a fight i can't wait for this i'm so excited for this specific bout,
1: Neil the security on YouTube said Aldo said he would incorporate more kickboxing in the fight in a recent interview.
0: There's a lot of punches in kickboxing, so I mean we see a lot of kickboxers that don't throw kicks. So he just hasn't shown it to me in a long time. But you know, I love thank you for that. We all talk
1: about Aldo a little bit like he's ancient, but he's 33, which is usually peak right around where we like to put pit- fighters at the peak of their career. I like the 32 mark a little more, and I like it a little younger at 31, the lower they get in weight class. Um, mm-hmm. It goes up uh, the heavier in weight class. I love Aldo. I'm still scared a little bit about this desperate need to fight at 135 because he's realized he hit his peak at 135 a little bit. The Marlon Moraes was close. I thought Aldo won it, but... It would definitely be one of those fights that, like I was saying, uh, if you, for the Zoltanite Twitch channel, that's a perfect fight for us to rewatch. Um, I would that's like a... to just—I just feel more educated on fights every fight card, and I looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, I weren't even looking at their feet, uh, or I, you know, didn't even notice this part of the wrist control, or I didn't even so. Um, right. I have Aldo decision on this when I made my fights earlier. I think Jan has easily better footwork. I think Jan is easily the faster guy. I think he can fight from both left and right stands. Uh, I I think Aldo's found a little comfort down at this lower level about the fear of getting knocked out. And I think the more he uh, experiences these guys' punches, especially Morais. is Morais a harder hitter than Jan? Yeah, I would yeah. say. I would say a ton harder. So if he can get inside with Jan, it doesn't matter how much speed you have. If You're eating everything else from another guy. Jan does have a good way that he throws in, um, takedowns or shoulder pressure. Once he gets in the inside of somebody, he changes stances, takes a few combinations and gets in the inside with Aldo. And I really like that. That's where I think it's the game change for the fight of him pulling him down. Um, It's kind of now or never for Jan. It's like this is the big fight for him. This is the fight that either he goes forward or not. For Aldo, this is a big fight that gets him in those talks of like, oh, 35 championship belt.
0: But this is for the mountain. This is for the top of the mountain. This is for the belt. Oh, yeah, it is for the belt. I
1: forgot it's a five-round fight, which even makes me feel more comfortable with Aldo.
0: That's – I totally agree. Somebody who's gone five rounds for the last eight years – I have to be honest with you.
1: My biggest naivete of fighting has been those championship rounds and seeing the difference of the fighters, whether you love to hate them or love to love them, seeing those fighters, the way they handle that last 10 minutes. And those are the different making rounds. And and who's held that longer than Aldo? So even is Peter Young going to go out there and win one, two, and three rounds against Aldo? Is he going to knock out Aldo? I don't see that happening. I don't don't see see him him winning all three.
0: I don't see the knockout.
1: And I for sure can't see Peter Young coming out and winning round four or five against Aldo. Peter Young's never even been to four or five. I feel comfortable with an Aldo decision. I feel like Aldo's even smart enough at this point, his crew, to let Peter Young make that up.
0: As long as it's not (laughs) PVZ.
1: But that's only 25. That gives me 10 points or like 25 points. That's it's still like not enough. If we have, it's like, I have to overcome my deficit.
0: Oh, plus... we'll get there. Oh, we'll get there. But on DraftKings, you're going to end up paying. You're right. It's still
1: not PVZ, but you know what? I'm not, I'm still not a hundred percent that I'm not going to go with PBZ because, uh, Neil, the security, he has PVZ.
0: Oh, damn Neil. Damn, <laughs> He's up, he much I know, I almost traded back. I'm like,
1: Neil, you're a son from the heavens above. He <laughs> is PVZ, and everyone's going to be like, oh, well, that's not fair. She was bigger.
0: <laughs> so on DraftKings, the minus 250 favorite, 9,300 for Peter Yan, yeah, coming in against Jose Aldo's 6,900 plus 195. Aldo everywhere. Aldo's the guy it's the dogger pass as far as draft teams here. We both see a decision, regardless if it's a win, even better for Aldo. But for nine three, average one oh two for Peter Yan, it's still against the level of competition. I don't see myself out of these type of fighters in five rounds being the guy that I'm gonna lay heavy on, where I can see Aldo being my relief in a lot of spots here. Because with a five rounder hitting
1: Aldo beats uh-huh. Faber at 135. Easy. Easy. And Aldo beats John Dotson easy at 135. That was the only... That was actually... The John Dotson fight against with Peter Jan was the fight I looked at the most when we're breaking this one down. Uh, uh-huh. John Dotson's speed, his ability to get out of the way of things. I thought, if you take that John Dotson fight and add leg kicks, that's this Aldo fight a little bit to me. Uh, so I, that I, that those are the ones I was going to ask you just looking back
0: through what, what do you think about that John Dotson unanimous decision I do think that um, Aldo would end up getting that one pretty solidly as well he does just have to worry about that right hand and John Dotson actually knocked down Peter Yan with one of those little right hands I know I saw that gif going around at qu- quite a few places yeah. Um, rightfully so I got so. that it's definitely going to be one
1: Although, that is much closer. All, uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, do you think you're going to be playing... Um,
1: I could see myself actually playing both guys on this. And for a five-round fight, I could see myself uh, putting them, stacking them.
0: Interesting. I don't think I... I Actually I could see this being a stackable as one as well, but out of these three belt five round type of fights, I see a couple other spots being much more stackable. One how of them how much being, is Peter
1: Yon again? I'm sorry. Uh nine thousand three
0: hundred.
1: It's almost not even worth it to play Peter Yon anywhere in That's like what I'm for that saying.
0: Much. I feel like I feel like it's Aldo thirty, forty Thirty percent, twenty percent.
1: So, 100%. Lappy and MMA marks are all Aldo.
0: Well, I'm picking Yon decision, but as far as How- DraftKings, I'm picking Aldo. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sorry.
1: You're picking Yon decision. I was feeling secure about my decision.
0: Yeah, I but I think Aldo's the value. I think you can't put yawn on any DraftKings cards or minimal, and I think you got to have much more Aldo unless it's a first round TKO, which we don't see happening. It's a dirty split. So absolutely, people all have a yawn
1: knockout. That was that's the most of.
0: Oh, interesting. The most
1: tapology, I I would say, about seventy percent of the seventy six percent that have yawn have a yawn knockout. Wow. I I just think that is a lot of credit to give Peter Yan as if he is Conor McGregor.
0: I think they're Russian bots.
1: <laughs> it, it's no the new thing that's Russian bots. The new Russian bots is uh, South Korea uh, K-pop fans.
0: <laughs> oh, so any South Korean guy has like it's like ninety nine percent knockout, and then they lose, and you're like, "What? This guy was supposed to kill him." You're like, K-pop. "Yeah," because he just get they get. Four million people to vote. Knock oh, out. this is where up. I'm
1: so old, but I'm having a moment of like it's called K-pop stands because the new word of fans is stands.
0: Okay, That's you know from me. the Eminem song. No, oh, I know stand. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Okay, so the
1: kids now
0: <laughs> okay. call
1: super fans stands. Where if you're a super fan, if you get to the point with a celebrity or whoever, that no matter what they do, you're still a fan. So then you become a stan.
0: So yeah, like, which also a Stalker, right? No, I was, mind. it's
1: Eminem like, song. The he's, way, he's, yeah, exactly like the Eminem song, but it would be, it, my other comparison would be how you are with Betch Kohea. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Boom. Damn it. The hills are the die on her.
1: I know I'm glad I haven't picked mine yet, but I think it <laughs> might be PVZ But it's not fun being PVZ because everybody loves PVZ but I love her yeah. for a different reason. I like her ever since she broke her but arm you and like finished we, that fight. For
0: two reasons. For two reasons. Get it. <laughs>
1: How dare you! I like her more even before she had those two reasons. I like her love story. I like the fact that she trained with Chael Sonnen. I like the fact that she lived in the Pacific Northeast. I like that she vacations in Alaska.
0: Hated all of it.
1: I like that she answers the door nude. I don't like that her boyfriend has a big eye on his neck. Husband. Husband has a big eye on his neck.
0: So moving on to another heater in the night. We have about 145 pounds. Alexander Volkanovski coming in against Max Holloway number two. This is a Redo after their first one Max Holloway staying the number one contender six months ago getting a beating a leg-changing Kick beating against Volkanovski where here at Labby, if you're listening to the plus money puesta You were making money on Alexander Volkanovski. Definitely cashing for you but the city kickboxing guys um, are definitely been staying strong. He's also out of uh, Tiger Muay Thai, but I the workup, you can watch him and his coach. It's essentially been them working in quarantine together on the pads, putting in work. The 31 year old Volkanovsky is 21 and 1. He's definitely been nothing but gold, beating Aldo, beating Holloway, knocking out Mendez, beating Elkins, Kennedy in there. Volkanovsky just is coming in with high level um kickboxing showing all of that Adasanya hooker type of striking great head movement eugene Behrman putting all them together just showing very educated very game plan oriented and that's what i like seeing about with all these breakdowns and stuff is volkanovsky's like yeah we did our homework and it worked and him and max holloway have both been like yeah and I keep watching the other fight, I'm gonna adapt. So both of these guys are coming in with new perspectives and they both have answers to each other's answers. And I'm only hoping Frankie Edgar's watching because this is gonna be fucking insane. This is gonna be so much fun. The late kicks uh, did win the fight for Volkanovski when you go back and look at it as far as significant strikes landed. But Max Holloway watching it again was like, well those late kicks landed but they didn't do anything. They didn't hurt me and affect they me. They didn't. And it's like,
1: in, in a way, a but if fight. you would have if you would have watched those leg kicks land on a million other fighters, we might have seen the fight stop. But uh, Max just, he ate them all. And in a way, it's like, does damage matter? Or are we just going to point fight? Is that the new way of UFC is that we're in a point fighting uh-huh. system?
0: Ye- I think it's always been a point fighting system.
1: No, I think damage should matter somewhere.
0: I would agree, but it yeah, they don't, even in the new rules, they really... Because you know how minimal. it's funny. They don't okay. give you
1: credit for a takedown unless you have control while you're there. And then they don't, don't give you enough credit for a takedown unless you do damage while you're there in control. But it's funny that you could do a leg kick that somebody is like, I don't even feel, or maybe I toughen my shins a whole bunch so it doesn't even bother me, and they'll give you all the points in the world. I think damage somewhere should matter.
0: Did you see the leg kick pull that Volkanovsky was kicking? uh uh-huh. It's some pull that he kicks that's on, like, a rubber bungee thing, and his shin was getting all swollen, and he's like, yeah, I kicked that, like, hundreds of times a day, so I don't feel it. So – My prediction as far as the leg kicks, and this is a very interesting pickup that I don't think people are going to be talking about, but uh, Daniel Hooker, Adesanya, not so much, but Hooker recently did a lot of shin-on-shin against Poirier. Poirier's like, God dang. Uh, A couple of really high-level guys really talked about that as well, and I think that that's going to be Volkanovski, one of his changes to the leg kick game, where it's not going to be the outside cact, Kick it's gonna be shin to shin where Volkanovski is gonna take just as much damage But he has prepared himself to take it where max Holloway is gonna not be able to stand as well And it's really gonna slow him down because that's what I feel like affected that first fight, but we know we saw um, Who do it to Dominic Cruz Uh, Cody Garbrandt he was like no our game plan The whole first round was kick the living daylights out of the legs because what do you do against the movement guy? You stop his base you kick his legs out. Volkanovski did it once, and he's going to have to adjust. And I think that's going to be a shin-to-shin kick specifically, and I think he's going to eke out. He, I believe he won four of those five rounds last fight. I think he's going to get three out of the five. This time, it's going to be closer. Max Holloway's going to adjust. He'll be back. He's only 28 years old, but he needs to go a couple spots further back than just immediate title rematch. Um, so I'm ultra excited I see this being super close. Gave me 3-2, Volkanovski decision. I think if there's a stackable headlining bout, this is the stack. Because I see this being a decision and high output for both guys as much as it was in the first one.
1: you dare I say, could you stack two? Since they're both five-round fights?
0: I think you, know you know what? Could. All my cards
1: that finished last week had Dan Hooker uh-huh. and Poirier
0: on them. Yeah every single one of my cards were
1: all the stacks so yeah go on
0: when it's high output fighters like these guys have both proven to be it's just point city it's just point 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 point. it's an extra 10 minutes for both guys to keep accumulating them so i totally think that at the levels they are it's totally worth it
1: you know i've um gone back and forth on this (laughs) and i've uh both teams have just as much opportunity like max holloway has almost given us everything that we wanted to see except for he didn't know those leg kicks were going to be counted as against him so much like i really watched him i rewatched him again on his post-fight pressure presser as well and he was stunned that he lost the fight he was like okay. i don't understand like i laid so many more punches on him and if you take out the leg kicks you really did everywhere. Where I understand what you're saying with the 4 uh, one, because you and I always talk about how devastating those leg kicks are. But if you're some kind of madman, that whatever, it, you know, maybe you feel it, but it's not game-ending, do you? Um, could you readjust? We know Max is also one of the guys that has learned his whole game plan from UFC, the video game. So working, <laughs> and I've seen some people say that Max looks sad in the embedded. Um, Interesting. how do you like his hair um i actually his body looked like he made it through that adult level to me like he finally looks like he isn't kid max when he was in that poirier fight i didn't like the way his body looked at that next level up everyone that said he should have gone up and wait he should have gone up and wait i didn't like the way he looked there i thought he looked flabby i didn't think he looked cut at all um he looked different to me. One thing I didn't like is I never like to see the way you don't like your fighters doing anything but fighting. I don't like to see my fighters eating fucking sweet sweets during weight cuts. And so when him and, when it was an obsession of him to get the chicken uh, donut thing... That's Mm -hmm. like an easy, just from a chubby girl standpoint, that is a day of calories minimum in that chicken biscuit, minimum. And for a fighter, for Max, he probably eats that in like at least, you know, a half a day's workout. So it's probably nothing. But when you're weight cutting, it's something. And we've all seen Max have issues with these weight cuts before. So I don't like that shit. I don't like, even though he has less travel than a lot of other Americans, Mm -hmm. I don't like that shit. I do think Max has the headspace in the ring IQ to overcome the leg kicks if he Mm -hmm. knows, oh, this is pointed like that. uh, I think he's the faster fighter. I think he's the longer fighter. I think the Australian Kiwi reign is going to lose steam a little bit. I think that Dan Hooker loss to Poirier is his peak. I think Alexander Volkanovsky did not want this fight with Max. He wanted something else. He felt like we rewatch this. We didn't want this fight.
0: I thought Volkanovsky keeps saying like mm-hmm. he knew it was going to be Max right away, and he's like, "This time I go or knock him out. This time I go or knock him out." Well, him and, and I'm his like, team—they no, tried to get
1: Max right away, no, and no. his team did not want that fight. So I, 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 there's something about it to me that he's like questioning, "Can I do this again?" Can I overcome this again? Do I want to fight Max again? Uh, Also with the Max Holloway thing, we saw him like he stepped in early for the Khabib-Tony thing. Uh, He had the Edgar thing. The Edgar fight thing fell out. The Dustin thing at 155. I just felt like we saw too much of Max. This is the very first time we've got to see Max like step away for a minute. Reassess after a loss and come back with this new game plan i felt like max was like the dude he wanted to be everywhere he wanted to be in every fight he was going to step in at 165 170 i don't care i'll fight that's the kind of fighter i am this new phase though that we're seeing like that's awesome that you want to try every flavor but i think it's good that max stepped away i think it's good that max hasn't been in heavy sparring go on
0: you were, we were talking about it earlier on the night, and we were talking about people missing weight and the potential. There had been false rumors going around that Max Holloway's having trouble cutting weight, but out of the fighters, Max Holloway is one of the guys who has missed weight under other weird circumstances in fights and had been pulled from fight cards for uh, not being able to make the weight or passing out. So he, out of most of the fighters, I think has the potential to have a weight issue
1: or everyone being like Max's and himself, like Mike Bisping doing an interview with him and being like,
0: you need oh, to go remember, check him. Remember there. He's like, I had CTE for a week and he's like, I think I do. I don't know. And then they're like, all right, pull up. <laughs> yeah. Like,
1: so uh, I've gone back and forth on this right now. When I Me look too. down, I see Volkanovsky decision written on my uh, thing. Cause I agree with you. As much as I'm a max lover and I wanted to be like, the leg kicks didn't affect them, it doesn't matter. They're a strike landed. If I'm pointing the fight, I give them four out of the one rounds as well, even though some of them were so close and I hated to say it because I'm Max is in the like, easy top five of my favorite fighters. This time around, I th- I hope my ca- Max and can't change things. I do think it'll be a closer fight, but I got to think... Whatever Max is coming in adjusted to, Alexander's trying to add new things to that fight. I have a Alexander Volkanovsky decision right now. I could see myself changing to Max. Body is important to me. I hate to keep bringing this up, but the same way I want to see Paige Van Zandt stand across from Amanda Hubis, I want to <laughs> see Max Holloway stand across from Alexander. And I have to see if he's taken on his grown man body yet. Because... What I've seen of Max, even in the hard weight cutting, he just doesn't seem bodied up. The same way we saw Jorge Masvidal walk away from UFC and then come back as a real 170-pounder, not just a 155-er that doesn't want to cut the massive amount of weight anymore. Uh, we've seen Jorge Masvidal make this change. That's what I want to see for Max Holloway. I want to see this like level up on his strength somewhere. I don't know if Hawaiian guys get that kind of body. So I might be... But I didn't think Jorge Masvidal was going to get bodied up like that.
0: Look at him now. Definitely grown into it much, much more. So here on DraftKings, the minus 235 favorite, Alexander the Great Volkanovski, 9,100 against Max Holloway, 7,100 plus 185 underdog. I do think the line's off here as well. It's a little too much steam on Volkanovski. I mean, it was only a decision he won last time, guys. Don't get it twisted and think that it was a absolute runaway even though if we count the strikes it was more Um, but it's going to be a closer fight and just remember too Uh I I like
1: what you said about you see this going from 4-1 to 3-2 I just have to I I am playing a little bit of uh, Angel's Advocate with myself uh, with Max Holloway we saw him go in the first fight against Jose Aldo and then the dismantling of the second fight of Jose Aldo where you got to give him credit that he's a downloadable guy, too. He's taking stuff in. Sure. So um, I, I, if he can make Alexander Volkanovsky answer to those leg kicks very quickly in the first to second round, I, I think we could see a change of those fights. And I can even see how a judge completely forgets about a right low calf leg kick if I'm answering it with an overhand right every time. Like they forget, it's like one for one, but what one means more? My overhand right. So, um, I that I felt like Max hung back a little bit. I, I'm, gosh, fuck, I might want to change to Max Holloway. How can he not be it's, my number one underdog if he's an underdog? Close. Max Holloway it's as an like underdog,
0: big underdog, almost a two to one. It's crazy. That's ridiculous. Nothing. It's ridiculous. So I do think the line's off here. Volkanovski's a little overpriced for this close of a fight for me personally to be able to lay that much juice on him. As far as DraftKings... I'm going to have to – I could stack, but the play is Max Holloway much more. What about if one. Neil, the
1: security, is really just Alpha trying to convince me to change no. the mix?
0: <laughs> I think there's a guy, Jeff the IT guy, that you got to watch out for too. <laughs> Jeff
1: the IT guy. <laughs>
0: That's
1: perfect. So. I
0: know. Uh,
1: I have Volkanov- Volkanovsky decision. I'm actually changing the Holloway decision right now. Ugh.
0: That one's not a bad one either. That's not bad at all. Those are much, much easier fights. It's easy. I don't care. What,
1: are you going to talk shit to me? Because I thought Max Holloway was going to win a fight as an underdog. Who is Alexander Volkanovsky to be two to one favorite over Max Holloway right now?
0: Exactly. The line's off. I do have Volkanovsky winning it. Look it. I'm going to tell you.
1: um, I know even though I'm saying you have to wear a washcloth, you're going to be like, I'm going to rub my balls on it. My picks matter right now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Whatever, it's all you. I'm good. I'm taking that third place. So just what I'm doing. (laughs) Well, I'm I'm just saying. I'm on the podium. I'm on the podium. That's all I'm worried about.
1: Off air, if you write to me and you're like, "Bitch, do not go with Max Holloway,"
0: I'll be like. I don't know what that does. That did you just recancel out it because we did it all?
1: <laughs> no, I'm telling. I'm going Holloway decision.
0: Do you? It's all do you. And you turn got around. Here. You got here for a reason, so just do you. Then we move on to the main event. 170 pounds. The short notice replacement on six days. We got Jorge Masvidal coming in against Kamara Usman. The ups and downs. The lefts and rights the upside downs the midnight showers unbelievable gilbert burns was going to have his handful they switched camps i saw Kamaro usman training at team elevation and was like oh shit i'm switching back to usman he's training with gichi i'm shitting my pants all of a sudden gilbert burns gets covid and masvidal comes in and is like oh i haven't been training at all i've been um you know I've been working out a little bit. I've been running to the beach. I've been having pizza. He's like, "Eh, I'm not doing whatever. Yeah. He's just like, "Eh, whatever. And then all of a sudden last night, Poirier does an interview and saying like, Oh, he's my lead training partner for the hooker fight. He got me in shape for five rounds. He flew in a bunch of wrestlers and he's actually been in shape with me the whole time. He like, he didn't stop. He just kept training with those guys. As soon as I went off to my fight. And Jorge was like, motherfucker. He <laughs> sent a fucking DM and was like, Poirier, come on, man. the Poirier. I'm trying to make some money. Bah! I'm betting on myself. You know, Street Jesus has always got the books rigged. He's always trying to get a leg up in there. He's been training with wrestlers. He's been getting some high-level wrestlers. d One guy's in there, uh, Poirier was saying. I can't think of their names. I'm sure when I talk about it, they're uh, nationally ranked. But uh, Masvidal has not just been running the beaches. He has absolutely been in a training camp. Uh, He had said he had foreshadowed. He thought something weird would happen in this climate, which we've seen nonstop. Like he's just picking up the ether being like, hey, main events are falling out all the time. Let me stay ready and be ready to get an upset going up in this motherfucker. So that, runs in my head and i'm all of a sudden like usman is all of a sudden taking this fight thinking it's gonna be someone who isn't ready who's a big name and all of a sudden he's in a real dog fight not that usman took any time off because he was informed seven days ago that the fight was off daniel cormier talked about it saying friday uh before they leaked it to burns um usman saying he already had the fight with masvidal officially that getting all out but Usman never stopped training camp he never went and gained any weight he was just like okay i got to change my style from burns who is a much uh more dangerous ground fighter than Jorge Masvidal not that Masvidal isn't cuz some of the best darts is out there Jorge Masvidal one of the guys we've been running with the most Jorge Masvidal um but it's definitely a different level on the ground where Jorge is really turned into a great anti-wrestler to keep it striking, where he's a great boxer, great kickboxer, has one of the best body kicks in the game. And he really uses those body kicks to start to set up a lot of other stuff sneakily. And Usman and a lot of these guys, we like to talk about it. Their bodies maybe aren't as you know hard as we always like to think they are. So we haven't seen people get to the body on Usman yet, but Masvidal is the type of fighter to be able to do that consistently and really change the dynamic of this fight. In that, Kamaru Usman's uh, setups to his takedowns aren't one note. It isn't like I was talking about earlier where he shoots and grabs and power doubles. No, he's double jabbing into an ankle or a knee pick. He's double jabbing into a tilt shift into a trip and then pushing back and in chain wrestling. Jorge Masvidal has been working on that with uh, Colby Covington. Even though they're in the outs, but I have to ask you, you know, yes,
1: I'm a conspiracy
0: theorist, of course.
1: I have a, I think the whole thing between Jorge and Colby has been a work from the beginning. I think that the same way as he didn't want everyone to know he was getting Dustin ready for a fight, he doesn't want everyone to know that Colby has been getting him ready for Usman since before Usman took the fight with Colby. I think they've both been getting ready for Usman. I think they've been training everything for Usman. I think everything we saw of Colby striking out there was actually Mosfidal training Colby to be on the feet, whereas I think that same regard as... I thought Colby looked good out there. That was his best striking match that we've ever seen Colby in. Um, I think Colby's been... Sh- Training Mospital had to be on the ground and had a good takedown defense, just trying to take him down every way he can. I don't think Masvidal at this point would take this fight unready. All this, I'm not trying to interrupt your thing. No, you're, I just, right. you're absolutely are, right. The only thing I don't like. This was the different When We look back at the Mospital that went against Maya and how easy it was for Maya to continue to smother Mospital on the ground.
2: Thank
1: U- you. Usman, 10 times better than Maya. One with the takedowns, but one with the bean, the wet blanket on the ground. So I know it was a different Mospital, but we never got to see Mospital on the ground with Ben.
0: We never got to see Exactly. And Diaz isn't going to shoot a takedown. So we didn't see that
1: one time out of except exactly. desperation and like the That's four exactly
0: guys. what I was telling evil twin because evil twins trying to take me over to the dark side. Why he has the moniker evil twin. He was saying like Masvidal and I agree Masvidal does have a shot. He has the power. He has the cardio. He has the ground game to be able to stifle Usman and even stop some takedowns to an extent. But when Damian Maya shoots 12 takedowns and still gets four, but you're not able to get up at all. I don't see you getting submitted by Usman, but I also see you don't getting up. I see you being just laid on like a wet blanket. And that's one of my biggest issues.
1: One of the differences that I'll say is... uh, Usman doesn't really go for the takedowns that we know Maya might have you in and certain dangers. Like you got to keep your neck under guard the whole time. You can't let your uh, your uh, appendages go at all with Maya. You don't really have to worry about that with as much with Uzman. With Usman, it's more that he's going to smother you and ground and pound to elbows, ground and pound to try to like uh, stand up and strike um, why he's on top of you. That is where it's, it, you know, where styles do make fights. I think Maya's more equipped, to, or I'm sorry, Mosvidal is more equipped to handle Usman's style of ground and pound more than he is worried about the submission attempt of Maya.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And Maya is a 185er that always, every time he makes 170, we're like, God damn, like Paige Van Zandt. <laughs> Fighting
2: Amanda Hefus at 115. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> but no I will it's like I've gone back and forth on this. I also think with the Usman I don't think he has that same predictable um trigger that all mm-hmm. knew with uh
0: Askren that would be there. Absolutely. Do you Absolutely. think
1: vidal has been training with Colby Covington in secret this whole time?
0: No, I do think they had a real falling out just because um I don't know, I think there's been some personal things that they've, they're have they like, okay. Aren't they like both I'm-
1: hardcore Trumpers?
0: Yes. Yes, yes, I yes. I just
1: don't, I'm going to be real with you. They, at at the point of being hardcore Trumpers nowadays in the climate that we're in, if they held that in common still, I'm guaranteeing you they're still friends. Because probably most of their family doesn't, like most of all. they probably listen to his Trump rhetoric a little more. Because they're like, oh, hand out. Give me something. Masvidal, you're like street Jesus giving everyone walking around your Versace mm-hmm. robe, doing it, doing it, doing it. They're like, all right, tell me about fucking Trump today. Uh, whereas Colby, they've seen the shtick coming forever. But I actually think... From Mosterdahl, his his people are probably, like, more likely to listen than Colby's people being from the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's probably lost so many friends
0: like Colby. Yes, he's burned a lot of bridges. And especially Absolutely from the Pacific Northwest. So
1: if they could save friends through that, all I'm saying is that is another that I'd put into column B, your of that I think they're training together this whole time. I want Masvidal to
0: win this fight so bad. I want Masvidal to win this as well. I'm totally in that with you. Uh, it's the perfect underdog story. It's going to be fun. He's not out of it. It's not a one-sided fight. Masvidal is good enough of a striker and can defend enough takedowns that he'll be able to at least have exchanges. It's just if the wrestling gets going, it's not going to get slow down. It's just going to keep on snowballing, and it's just going to turn into a maybe four to one rounds. Maybe a little bit less Masvidal like anyone always has a puncher's chance. But here the decided favorite Kamaru Usman is going to be minus 280, 8,900 against Jorge Masvidal, 7,300 plus 220 underdog. The six days notice we should give a lot more credence to, but I don't, I, if, as we've deciphered this, he's been ready the whole time. Kamaru Usman's been ready the whole time. Uh, I think for short notice replacements is is probably one of the most ready guys we've seen as of late. Like he, he was waiting. Uh, he knew it was he going was going to be he the short notice exactly. replacement. So he was doing it smart. He was being a veteran and understanding. Like it was between me and Burns. Let somebody fall out. I either fight Burns or Usman for an interim belt. It's a win-win situation for Jorge Masvidal. If he loses, he says, "I came in six days' notice and still looks like a badass." He's in a win-win. Jorge Masvidal does not lose in this situation. Well, he's so. not putting
1: his belt on the line. It,
0: it cuz he wants to do it back with Diaz again, which is of course who doesn't want to fight Diaz when you're well, that no, level?
1: he's just like is is Cameron Usman a BMF? I don't think he is. I think BMF I is where um fight entertain it's where fighting meets entertainment. Like to mm-hmm. be the BMF You have to be a bad motherfucker. And I love Kemaru Usman, and I can't imagine anyone else beating him at the 170. But he's not a bad motherfucker. His fight style isn't bad motherfucker yet. That Colby fight, that was a BMF fight standing like that. And not that I have any issue with the ground, because we know if it gets into a wrestling gig with Kemaru Usman and most people, BMF. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately... Fight fans don't see wrestling as a BMF style. And he chose not to use that fight style against Colby Covington. And to the disappointment still, I want to see that fight played back because I oh, still want absolutely. to see them wrestle each other.
0: Absolutely. And I absolutely. think win or
1: lose, either guy has a fight with Gilbert Burns or Colby Covington.
0: Easy, like, this easy, is, easy. This so. Is fine. Back to a little more of the actual skill level in there. Uh, The fight IQ for Kamaru Usman is also something that isn't always highlighted, but it's very high level. It's why it's always worked for him. is because he's always been able to understand when to strike and take down and how to keep those flows going nonstop. He didn't even shoot a takedown on Colby because he was like, now I can beat him striking. If he makes that mistake with Masvidal, it's gonna be a different. It's gonna be a different game plan, and that's why Mosvidal super live here. I can put Mosvidal on ten percent. I can put Usman on twenty percent. I don't think. Mm, is this a stack? This is a five rounder.
1: I don't think this is. It's. it's a, this is, this is, is a really either. weird fight. It's either Usman Usman's the wet blanket, and we actually get to hear Jorge Mosvidal every leather landed on his flesh from the corner because there's no audience in this 25 foot <laughs> arena um, that camera Usman says or it's exactly like Jorge's planned on and everybody has a trigger and once they're confronted with whatever their they go back to under panic is if they do that against Jorge Masvidal they're going to get caught and you can't yep. panic while you're in the octagon with Jorge Masvidal and he's never going to panic no matter what, he's never going to panic. Best striker, best... so I think he's durable enough to go all the way. It's just if he makes it five rounds, he's going to get smothered the entire time.
0: Yeah, I think it's that's why I'm going twenty percent Usman, ten percent Masvidal, just because of that flash knockout potential, that one strike if game it was changing potential. Anyone but...
1: other than Usman. We just, we've never seen his chin. We've never even, have we seen Usman wobbled? Have we even seen him hurt?
0: I feel like Warley Alves wobbled him with one strike, but as soon as he was wobbled, single leg down. Take down. Yep. It's exactly. like his
1: instincts are yeah. that of protection yeah, yeah, on right him. Now.
0: Exactly. So that's where it's like GSP valuable. Just like, okay, I'm going to stop this guy from punching me. And he's so athletic and uh, quick that he is able to get there so so you're
1: trusting us man once again
0: again trust in us man but i do feel like the line's off in this one as well i think it's too much of a favorite for usman i think people are playing into the short notice replacement a little more uh which brings up the line more so if you're liking masvidal make a play on it it's not out there it's not too too crazy but uh i would be much more comfortable with like a minus 160 usman Plus 135, 120 for uh, Masvidal. but this 3 to 1 odds, there's no value in Usman as well. The so
1: 3 to 1 odds. What what odds are better? Cameron Usman versus Masvidal or Paige Van Zant versus Amanda <laughs> Yubis? <laughs> <laughs> so. I can't convince anyone. I feel like I went to college to try to get a degree to try to convince somebody (laughs) of Paige Van Zandt versus Amanda Cubis. Somebody should clip me of this and do something and put Paige Van Zandt behind it, like doing all her slaying shots.
0: (laughs) Her one head kick against freaking Beck Rowley.
1: I don't like the submission.
0: That's it. That's it. Breaking her biggest highlight. (laughs) <laughs> so man 13 card bout hell of a pay per view we're gonna have a ton down the pipeline Yeah, Island's gonna be full for a little while quarantine's gonna be ahead I mean we're gonna be getting other shows down in the pipes keep it listed everywhere keep following everywhere cause yeah. there's a lot more coming
1: make sure you're liking and subscribing if you like the live shows make sure you tune into YouTube um while we're not unlisted for saying things like pasta fin- <laughs> Just kidding.
0: <laughs> Demonetize. D uh, that's or off
1: YouTube. Um but you can find us there for our live shows, hopefully uh in the next um before the next fight card. In the next three days, I'm gonna make it over and we're gonna figure out also how to stream it to Zoltanite's Twitch station live, which I think is a really awesome way to communicate. Um if you guys haven't downloaded the Twitch or the Discord yet, you can do it there. And, um, we talked a lot of shit about the fight pick championship, but I'm just going to give a shout out to everybody that's still in it. Uh, so yeah, make sure that you're going over to Twitch and you're checking out MMA Marks, uh, buddy stream. Um, you can go over and check out Ricky underscore jujitsu. And that's also MMA Marks. And they usually do their show live from there. You can go to the backlog network, which if you're new to Twitch or new to streaming at all, I don't want to put any extra work on him, but you should definitely join the network. And there's a lot of friendly people on there that will help you out how to get started on Twitch. Uh, Grant be back. His show's always fun. Um, and uh, he always has different games that he's going with. Obviously, Lat B, you and I, we're going to be new to Twitch. You are gaming more regularly than I am. Um, and you know that you can follow us everywhere else and i know i'm always forgetting somebody there's always somebody that's quiet juice juice it's cuz he's not twitching right now but everyone's told him he should twitch and i definitely think there's a market out there for like juice's type of entertainment and i um definitely think uh non-mocking there's uh buddy was telling me there's like a karaoke twitch
2: huh <laughs> right
1: if him and his yeah, wife are that. doing the karaoke twitch what yeah. are they doing what yeah, are they doing true. so um it. i and they just both seem kind of i mean it in all the highest respect cause from a drama nerd they both seem drama nerdy and that is kind of the entertaining thing about some of the twitch channels so um i think that's everyone in the thing that's still left hanging that's still left in the fight pick championship <laughs> so i know and look at how shitty my picks have been i've changed them every time beforehand um that pvz pick i'm not i'm not kidding if i stand her if i see her standing next to hebis and she's like like me and my wife facing up and it's um i'm going with PVZ.
2: You Wouldn't it
1: suck if PvZ was the one that cost brave. me the Fight Pick Championship?
0: You're brave. You're <laughs> the easy so brave. hot twenty
1: five of just picking this so decision.
0: So strong and so brave. All
1: right. <laughs> but the fight pick championships have been fun. Um yeah. There's gonna be seasons. Um, If you're somebody that's listening and you wanna be involved in the Fight Pick Championships, I definitely encourage uh, you to follow us on our Twitter or somewhere because we will be throwing out information and it is just gonna be getting bigger and everybody's gonna have an opportunity to get involved. They're gonna have seasons of it. The lowest players will fall out as the seasons go on. Maybe, I don't wanna say what they're gonna be doing, but I definitely know it's gonna be getting bigger and they're gonna open it up to more people, so. Do you have anything to drop?
0: Nothing else. I think we got it.
1: All right, you guys. Thanks for listening. Hit the bell. Um, Yeah, that's it.
2: Let me...